1: Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey,
2: this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Robin Worth aka the Penguin Scoff you are listening to Geek Vibes Live.
3: Go. Welcome Geek Vod Nation, there you go Joelle, just one. Welcome Geek Vod Nation to so an all new episode of Geek Vod Live. I'm your host, Joanne, and I'm joined by the second
2: biggest Batman fan in the world, Joelle. What's going on, Joelle? Oh, I could argue that, but yes, uh, I'm here. <laughs> there is Here's no argument to be Jewish made You're show. a second There's definitely an <laughs> argument to saying. be made I could definitely uh, You could definitely have a debate <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fair enough um, Like I said Welcome <coughs> to an alternate episode of Geek God's Lies Titled Turn That Frown Upside Down I struggled with the word frown Because I was almost a thousand percent sure That I spelled it wrong But good thing I did um, Right <laughs> <laughs> Let's get right into it. We're going to start with trailers. I only had two, um, but two really good ones. Uh, Let's start with Joker. Um,
2: Joker. This
3: movie, this is a unique trailer. Um, It it definitely Mm -hmm. was. Um, It looks like it's pulling from numerous different aspects, Um, Mm -hmm. one of them being uh, a bit of killing joke. Um, This movie is going to be rough for me, uh, same way that Venom was. Um, in a sense of the character doesn't really exist without Batman. Venom doesn't really or shouldn't really exist without Spider-Man. Um, but Venom was, to me, entertaining. Like, that's all I was looking for that movie to be was entertaining, and it was. And this movie looks like it's trying to be a lot more than just entertaining. Um, speaking with Daniel, the uh, the producer of Hitman, when I when I interviewed him, we were kind of mm-hmm. discussing how this movie could be the beginning of something bad for us DC fans. And the reason why I say bad is because if this movie gets an Oscar nod, um, there is a huge possibility we get an Elseworld um, Brian Cranston, Lex Luthor movie that is a comic <laughs> book film, but Oscar. It, it, it's fishing for Oscars. Like, um, DC looks like. These Elseworld movies could be um, very little in the idea of comic uh, source material and more so drama, more so Oscar baiting, um, which to me is not a bad thing. This movie looks beautiful, uh, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, this looks like the Joker I had wanted Heath's Joker to be the guy that is just purely insane, the guy who is just purely. Uh, gets off on the idea of carnage rather than just chaos. Um, so I mean, I, I I loved what I saw. It, it looked weird. Like for, for some strange reason, his body chemistry reminds me of um, Christian Bale in that one movie where he was super bony. Um, I, yeah. I don't know why they made <laughs> why they made like this that. poor man. Yeah, they made this the poor man me- look the so super skinny. Whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you. Well, the Joker is um, really thin anyway, so we guess it works. Oh no,
3: no, <clears throat> he is. It just I, I guess I've never ever seen Joker without a shirt really in the comics, so just to see that um, was just like, oh, okay, looks weird. Um, but I've done enough talking, Joel. Your thoughts on the uh, first
2: official trailer for this uh, Joker film? Well, here's the thing. Um, I didn't know how I was gonna take it because oh, I didn't. I didn't believe this thing was ever going to actually be made. And then it just slowly started happening. like Little by little uh, reality, uh, the, the fantasy became reality. And I'm like, oh, shit, they're really going to go through with this damn movie. Uh, then, of course, they, they cast a Joaquin Phoenix. And I'm like, well, that's good. That's a good step in the right direction. Because he wouldn't have signed on to just any movie. Um, but I didn't know. I didn't You know. It is what it is. I've made peace with that. It, it is a Joker solo. Uh, but it's kind of its own thing, elsewhere, like you said. Um, and I'm fine with that. Uh, so when I fir- finally got the trailer, you know, we've been waiting for a while now. We've seen already some of the behind-the-scenes pictures. So we kind of already know what he looked like. But um, the trailer blew me away. <laughs> it really did. I I really, really liked that trailer. Probably more than I uh, – way more than I expected. Because um, it really is what I've always loved about the Batman villains to begin with. It, it's just, there's like a, there's a, a character study of, of one individual. Um, Joker ne- doesn't necessarily need an origin, but if this is just one origin of many uh, for a character that doesn't know what, you know, he's he's nuts. So he doesn't really know where it is. Um, it, it, this is just one of those stories. There's a one-off telling of, of what uh, someone's idea of what Joker origin would be or could be or should be. Uh, I'll take it because it looks fantastic. The setting looks great. Joaquin looks like he's completely, completely committed to it. And I just, I've had, I watched it more. I I rarely watched trailers more than one time in in the same city, but I did. I watched this one like three times because I just loved this trailer. I
3: I will say seeing uh, that De Niro scene, I kind of feel like, and I know you're going to say I'm stretching, uh, I'm reaching rather. I'm reaching here on this. But I kind of feel like that scene, Joel, might be the same scene that we got in The Dark Knight Returns where Joker's on like a talk show um and he locks all the mm-hmm. doors and gasses everybody in the room. Um, I, I kinda mean, feel like uh, that that might play off that scene. It kinda felt like it,
2: where it, it looked like the I mean, it could. introducing him. Right. I mean it'll take a different aspects. I could definitely see that being a factor. Like if they did pull off that scene from the Dark Knight returns. Uh yeah why not? You know, they're like they'll probably take up they're re- they're already taking elements of killing joke in it. So it's probably a mixture of different Aspects of the Joker's story. I mean, different Joker stories, and so, and putting it into one blender, and this is what we got.
3: Yeah, it, it just it, it it looks like so much fun, and I I do, I do hate the. And we know all movies get this, especially comic book or superhero films. But everyone's saying they don't like how Joker seems to be this sympathetic um, uh, character yeah, to I me. Definitely saw that. Mm-hmm. What what I hate about that is, <clears throat> hold on, hold on, because I think people are getting two things confused. If you've read The Killing mm-hmm. Joke, before he became the Joker, he was very much mm-hmm. a sympathetic character. Um, it was right. a very sad telling of, of his life. But once he became the Joker, he became the Joker. There was no more like, oh, no, I feel so sorry for this guy. And if you watch the trailer heavily, it looks like, he starts off the sympathetic character, again, with the, I always thought my life was a tragedy, but now I, right. you know, I, I think it's, it's a comedy. That's him telling you, I start off sympathetic, but I'm definitely going to turn into the lunatic that you guys all know and love uh, right. in the comic, So, to me, I kind of feel like if you think this movie is purely about making him a sympathetic character, I kind of feel like you only saw like five minutes. Uh, not not five right. minutes, I'm sorry, five seconds of the trailer. Like watch right. the whole trailer. It's telling you in it. I, I this transformation it became a comic, All right? right. Um, and I thought it was so symbolic. The um, the shot, the shot that get, gave me goosebumps uh, from the trailer was him in the elevator. Um, mm-hmm. And then just, just him just giving that smile. Um, this and the smirk. It, it the, gave uh, me chills. Yeah, it's like man. I, it, his it's laugh so wasn't bad either. It wasn't, but I'm not gonna judge his laugh. Um, only because I kind of feel like maybe that's not the full laugh, like the full extent of the laugh. Right. Um, so there might be more to it. So it, it's right. the same way when Jared Leto opened the Suicide Squad trailer with his laugh, I wasn't ready to judge it because I'm like, well, let me see what he does in the movie. Um, before I'm like, oh, I, I love it, and then I see the movie, and I'm like, uh, oh, it's not really that good, or, or I hate it, and then I see the movie, and I'm like, I love it. Um, so the laugh is the one thing. I'll hold off on. Because to me, if you're doing a Joker character, movie, whatever, you know the only thing that people truly care about is the laugh. You have to nail the laugh. Um, and knowing how how much of a character actor um, Phoenix is, I kind of feel like he, he knows that, and I'm pretty sure he's went through all the Jokers that have come before him He's went through their last, and he found something that um is a healthy blend of everything or something completely different. Um, mm-hmm. I just need it to be creepy. This movie seems creepy and as long as the it laugh does is look creepy,
2: creepy
3: I'm okay mm-hmm. with
2: it. <laughs> so, I just loved a lot of the elements. Like you see how the movie, the trailer starts with him, and he's he's kinda he kinda feels bad for himself, you could because he looks like he's a beaten man, he's slouching. He's not doesn't he's obviously doesn't really take care of himself really well. He's kinda somewhat sad even though his mother tells him to smile and stuff like that but you can see as the tra- the trailer kind of t- t- takes you through the movie doesn't show you everything but it takes you through the, the progression of what you're going to see like it, right. he starts off as this meandering little guy that just can't catch a break and you see him slowly through, even throughout the trailer just begin to snap and he uses laughing as a way of feeling better you know just trying to like Bring positive, but it just—you can see—is that there, there's gonna be a point where he's just gonna snap. And by the time he does, be put on the makeup, as you see later on with the with the with the suit. And you're like, oh my god, his, his his personality changed. He's more confident. He's dancing around. Um, he's standing up straight, walking with confidence. It's just different. It's a different person. You can see it in his yeah. writing. When you see the letter, you watch him writing mm-hmm. the letter. You can see the top half is normal. By the time he gets to the bottom, it's all big and weird. and He's just not the same person anymore. So you're going to see a crazy person emerge out of this. And he will that sympathetic figure you will eventually feel for, you probably will feel very sympathetic by the end of that movie because he's right. going to be a psychopath. And I, I just can't wait to see how they pull it off. And definitely that suit looks so much like the Caesar Romero Joker. <laughs> it definitely yeah. gave me vibes with the old 60s Batman. I like that too. But, y'all, I love the trailer. Good
3: yeah, definitely, and, and it kind of feels like they're they're taking a nod. I, I won't say taking from, just taking a nod to what Gotham mm-hmm. did with Cameron's Joker, to where it's more of him, uh, him sparking a revolution, like him sparking mm-hmm. the world to to want to smile, to want to laugh, mm-hmm. um, and it built it more builds like a cult following. Right, 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 exactly. Um, you can kind of get that feel from when he's running through the train station, and it seemingly looks like there's more people with the mask. That's how he's able to slip out, um, put mm-hmm. his mask in the garbage, and kind of slip out of the chaos. Um, so I, I love what what's happening here with this movie. Um, like you said it before, it's a progression. But one last question I want to ask you before we move on to um our, our other trailer is, uh, I didn't really give it any thought and. I don't want you to think that this is an issue for me at all. I'm just curious on, on where you stand.
2: Would you be okay
3: with this movie if it ends and there is no ace chemical scene? Like it's just purely makeup. It's not his actual
2: skin. <clears throat> yeah, I'll be fine. Cause it's a standalone. It doesn't necessarily need it. Uh, if it's its own story, it doesn't need, it doesn't even need Batman at the end. I mean, it is what it is. Um, Cause it is a standalone. So I'm more open. If this is connected <laughs> <laughs> like a through line, that would be different. I'd have a different feeling towards it because that's that's where I want it to eventually end with the aches chemicals and falling in the bad chemicals, and that will eventually give perma white skin and shit like that. That's different. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but for for a standalone, uh, the the kind of like movie uh, that's more of a self examination of the character, I'm and grounded, very grounded. As you can see, I'm totally fine with it. If it doesn't yeah, happen.
3: it just has to stay um, elsewhere. Like it has to say its own thing. Like I don't need a sequel. Right. I don't need
2: uh, right, a no, Batman yeah.
3: movie that leads into this Joker. Like I don't right. need any of that. And
2: the, right. the biggest
3: thing that I want to say is that you can't then turn this Joker into the current DCEU Joker. For anyone who is like wondering, like could that happen? I'm gonna tell you, really you can't. no. I'm going to tell you no mainly because it's it's the same thing that confused me with Gotham is because Joker is in his 30s. That's one. Two,
2: Uh
3: Bruce's dad's alive. So that means Bruce has Uh to be no older than 10 or 11 years old. And
2: that Um, kid that you saw on the channel was probably Bruce,
3: you know? Right. The one that he was reaching through the gate to put the smile on, that's probably Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, So, no, no. I do not need this movie to be anything else. Just like if they did do an Elseworlds Lex Luthor – uh, movie, I do not need it to to necessarily have Superman in it. Like I I don't right. need these Elseworld movies to connect. That's what Elseworld is. Um, mm-hmm. So I do think this is, and w- w- me and Daniel were saying Joel that <laughs> that's kind of like a little a little nerve wracking. Is I kind of think if this movie is a smash, I mean does really good in the box office and gets an Oscar nomination, I think they might start to prioritize Elseworld over. Um, the current DCEU and that's bothersome um, because you can do whatever movies you want whatever Elseworld movies you want but it has to be after The Flash, after Green Lantern after Batman and after a Superman sequel um,
2: then do whatever you want As
3: um,
2: long as it's like what they, they did these. now with the Joker, like Joker didn't stop a lot of the other movies from being in production As long as there's like for everyone Elseworld there's like two or three like in world I'm fine, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, but
3: the in-worlds can't be a Blue Beetle, can't be a a Black Adam. Like, no, I need it to be the core six. Like, I need those those in the process of doing your elseworlds. That's what I'm saying. Like, don't tell me, like, oh, okay, a few years from now we're having a Maxwell Lord or um, a Vandal Savage, but it'll be in the same year as Blue Beetle. Like, no, because then that does tell me that it's taking precedence over the core films you should be focusing on. So that's just the one thing that makes me a little nervous about the success, the huge success that this movie potentially can, uh, can garner. And also, Daniel made a point uh, that I'm holding into. He said he thinks Joker will have a bigger box office than Shazam. Um, so I'm holding wow. Daniel to that. Uh, yeah, because that's saying a lot <laughs> Cause this movie doesn't this movie isn't going to reach that many people. It, it's going to have to be a word of mouth. Um, and the the advantage Shazam has that you can take your kids, so you obviously can't do yeah, that with a Joker. Yeah, that's film. a big so,
2: difference.
3: Yeah, yeah. So to Shazam, much as a this family movie film, could sell more. So this saying mm-hmm. this movie could sell more is is a
2: huge
3: uh, limb to be standing on. So we'll we'll see we'll we'll see because especially if what Canon saying that this movie Shazam doesn't look like it's gonna do well in China. We'll see.
2: No, we'll um, see, right? Because yeah, China exactly. likes the DC, so we'll see how that works yeah.
3: out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you have anything else you wanted to add for the uh, the Joker trailer before we move on?
2: Nah, man, this it's great. For me, it was it was a plus trailer. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and huge uh, huge props to DC for doing something that no other comic book uh, turned to movie genre has done yet, which is doing a completely separated feel from the universe they've already started. Um, and this movie definitely feels like it's more nolan than it is the current DCEU, even right. with it's... how serious <laughs> Man of Steel and BVS were.
2: Right, and it's nothing like Shazam. No, <laughs> like, no, it's no. the com- whole opposite. Movies. Yeah, right.
3: definitely. Crazy. Um, so that's going to be fun to see how this how this all shapes out with Joker. But uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit of Endgame. Um, We got a, not only did we get a trailer to come out with the release of the movie ticket sales, which uh, that was a hassle of itself. Um, We also got a TV spot that actually, Joel, came on during one of the NBA games. I can't remember which game it was specifically, Um, but I was watching the game, and then it just popped up, and I was like, wait, is this a TV spot already? I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, we are kind of two and a half weeks out from this movie's release, so like, I, I guess it does make sense. Um, so this in-game trailer, I'll say the biggest thing that stood out to me was the uh, the dialogue um, and the dialogue from Thanos. Um, you weren't able to sit with your failure, and where did that bring you? It brought you right to me. I thought that was mm-hmm. so chilling. Like, I got so many chills when I heard that. I was like, Thanos might be the coolest
2: villain ever.
3: <laughs> like, just his dialogue alone is just so awesome. Um, but I want to start with you before I go into the whole diatribe. What were your thoughts of the trailer that released with the ticket sales and did you happen to to catch that uh, TV spot
2: uh, I, I may have uh, I barely remember the ticket trailer I remember certain parts of it but i I don't know if I'm doing it on purpose <laughs> but'm I'm not, I'm not retaining any of the information that I'm getting I just I just remember pure visuals at this point I just remember liking what I saw. But uh, I don't remember a lot of aspects of the trailer, so I might need you to go into a little diatribe just so to refresh my memory on the trailer.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, we get the start of the trailer um, with everyone kind of going through the the idea of wanting to rush to go fight Thanos, and Banner's like, you know, we're, we're undermanned, And uh, Rhodey is kind of like, yeah, why? Because he killed half of all of our friends. Um, mm-hmm. And then you hear Black Widow kind of going through, we owe it to the people who aren't here. Um, to to go and try to do something. We also get a shot of Tony hugging Pepper, so obviously they make Mm -hmm. it back, but we knew that. Um, We get a shot of Cap looking at himself in the mirror after, I assume he had just finished shaving. Um, Mm -hmm. Then we get a shot of a good core of the Avengers standing up, looking at something. I'm assuming it's Mm -hmm. probably Captain Marvel. Um, You also get a shot of... And now I was telling Mike last night when we were going into our our series of the movie, I was telling him the one shot that I saw in this trailer, Joel, that just really stood out to me um, was a shot of when Thanos says, where does it bring you? brings you right back to me. And you see Stark kind of walk out. And then you see Stark, Cap, and Thor. But just like the bottom part of their legs. Like, like, you know, you see Thor's cape, Cap's leg. Right. You see them walking towards Thanos who's sitting down. Um, Now, what I thought was so cinematic about that shot was I was telling Mike, it immediately reminded me of, Mm -hmm. remember that Comic-Con scene that was released of the Batmobile hitting Superman and then crashing? Mm -hmm. And then you see the symbolic of Superman uh, with his cape flapping, walking up to the Batmobile. That to me is like, those are core visuals um, that people Mm -hmm. don't really speak about because it doesn't hit them, I guess, as much as it might hit someone like me. Um, but just mm-hmm. the visual of that was just so beautiful. Um, so, I mean, that, that really <laughs> even heightened my chills with, with the dialogue that Thanos gives um, is the idea that you see the Trinity walking towards Thanos. Thanos has a sword in the ground. He has his helmet off and he's just sitting there. Um, two things could be coming from it. It could be they were giving him a beating and he kind of had to kind of sit down or he's sitting down cause he doesn't take them serious. Like both are awesome. Um, right. yeah, I, I just wanted to, to mention to you kind of a little bit about what was going on in the trailer, excuse me, and then also that beautiful visual at the end of it.
2: No, I, that's the thing. I remember a lot of the visuals. I remember that moment, the the, the handshake moment. Uh, that was debatable. Apparently, the same people. <laughs> um, I don't. Don't get me wrong. I still don't trust a lot of what I've seen. Uh, I I, I will take it all I believe a lot of it Will be used Maybe not in the same sequence Um, Maybe there are You know I'm just uh, I know they're fucking with us So I'm not trying to Retain anything Just so that when When I go into the movie I'm not disappointed Wait that scene Wasn't in the movie And you know You get all upset Because you know They were just fucking with us So for me, I, I watched it, but I only watched it the one time, and I didn't really try to, I just retained a lot of, like, in terms of costumes, because I'm a big costume guy, I, I like the way to see how people look now. I know a lot of those costumes will probably still be the same, That won't be changing that very much in the movie, so that's the only thing I really focused on the most. In terms of story points, I know they might be messing with me, so I'm not trying to focus too much on it, and I just, for Endgame, I really just want to go in super clean you know and there's, there's just a lot of moments i really hope i get in this movie and i think the biggest one for me is obviously the moment when cap eventually says avengers assemble and i think everybody and their mother is waiting for that one moment if you're an avengers fan it's the one thing we haven't gotten <laughs> like like we yeah. gotta have it in endgame like you gotta have that at, at some point and I, I have no doubt they'll give it to us so um yeah I, this movie's gonna be fantastic we both we both like stood all day trying to get tickets for that fucking movie um we did not. We were not one of the lucky ones that got in early and, you know, it, we struggled. It was a bitch all day trying to get tickets for that damn movie. Um, but we got yeah. them and we'll be watching it. Uh, and it's just, Oh, my God, it's been forever. It, it, I just can't wait. It's the end of the month and uh, I wish I could see it earlier. <laughs> I,
3: I do too. Luckily for
2: Tia, she gets to see
3: it a few days before everyone else. Oh.
2: Um,
3: yeah, yeah, I know. Um, it, it's funny. I told her last night that you uh, – you, you were gonna tell her that she's not allowed to,
2: to tell me anything from, from the Yeah, movie. I was just about to say that again. Um, yeah, I was gonna text yeah. her. I'm like, don't you dare tell him anything <laughs> Yeah, she was like she she started laughing. She was like
3: I I will try my best and I was like, No 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 see, I'm very weak. I I'm I'm gonna threaten you with everything possible. Uh, for you to tell me something <laughs> Um But no, I I remember telling uh Mike and Thea last night that um what I wouldn't do during the show for your benefit was um try to um, theorize scenes from this trailer because I know you don't want to think too hard into it because what I saw mm-hmm. could be misleading or mm-hmm. if I'm even remotely close to, <laughs> to being right, it will upset you. you like, I want to know nothing, right. So right. I <laughs> don't go into any theories whatsoever of this trailer. We will just move on. Um, right. <laughs> That is how much I value our friendship, Joel. That I appreciate I will keep that. All my ideas in my in my. Brain. I want to go
2: clean. As you can tell, like the trailers, I like
3: blacked it out of my memory. <laughs> it's like what? I don't remember. Yeah, no, that's <sighs> funny. I think it's funny. It's funny because when I asked Mike, um, if he uh, if he had any theories, first thing he said to me is, "No, like no, I don't. I don't have any. I, I don't want to create any. Like I, I want to go in completely blind. I, I'm okay with that. Right. i was like, I hate you and Joel so much." <laughs> <laughs> was like I'm sorry. I'm like no, it's a good thing. I was like, you guys are extremely strong. Like it's it's a good thing. I'm just mentally weak. Um, so you know. But anyway, let's let's move on. Um, coming out of CinemaCon, we had the Russo brothers officially confirmed that Avengers Endgame will be three hours and fifty eight seconds. I do want everyone to realize who who are saying like, oh my god, it's so long. It's technically only maybe about like two hours and forty something minutes. I think the rest mm-hmm. of it is 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 uh including the the um the end credit scenes.
2: That's the credits, what I was to that. The I mean, does that count right.
3: with the post credits
2: and the post the post credits or whatever the fuck it is <laughs> like, It does because page. if it
3: doesn't if it doesn't that's if you count the end credit to credits and then if there's another one after it that's more than 3 hours and 58 seconds. I think Disney is trying to let us know like everything included is 3 hours and 58 seconds. Um, right. which makes sense. So it means the movie itself is probably not to like time two time hours to. and 40 something. Right. Yeah. Time <laughs> You're, go. gonna have to.
2: You're definitely going to have to.
3: Um, you can just count it from when the movie starts, like when the movie actually starts, not when the, the trailer start, when the movie actually right. starts, um, then to when the lights completely come on. Like that's when you'll know like how long it actually was. Um, right. but yeah. I mean, this, this isn't really anything too bad. And everyone who's saying like, we need an intermission and like it needs it doesn't need an intermission, dude. Like no, Infinity War was, was a a little over two hours and thirty minutes. So it's like you can't do another twenty minutes? you tell me you need an intermission with another twenty minutes? It's not right. that bad. But um what does this news do for you? Does this news do anything new for you or did you were you already prepared for the idea of it being three hours?
2: I was prepared. Like I've been prepared since forever. Like I'm like if it is then I'm in it doesn't matter like, if it's three hours I'm not mov- I'm not going anywhere I'm here to watch this movie, um, so for me uh, it being three hours or near three hours uh is fine it's so totally fine for me because like I want as much as they can give me, uh, because c- it's the end it's the end game I want to see everything anything and everything, they want to show me. So I don't want to leave anything out, you know. So because this is the end of an era, it's the end of this phase. Um, I don't even know if they're even going to be called phases anymore going forward. We, we don't. There's a lot of things we don't know. And we won't know So probably uh, Comic Con or D23 or whatever the fuck. So it's like this is like we gotta enjoy this while we have it. So I like I don't want it to be gypped. I don't want it to be like uh, like you no. Know, I want to keep it under two for, no, give me, as much as the, the directors feel they need, whatever time they need, I want all of that. And if this is what they feel like they they land on, I'm fine with it.
3: Yeah, it, it, and I, I love the idea of three hours mainly because I hate when directors say, yeah, we left a lot on the living, you know, on the cutting room right. floor, like there was a lot that couldn't mm-hmm. make it in it. If you have three hours and 58 seconds, there better not be much on that DVD when it's released that I'm seeing that just didn't make it in. You had plenty of time to put it in there. Um, like, eliminate any stupid scenes. Like, if there's a scene that's just purely there for comedy, eliminate that, and you put in what really needs to be in this movie. Um, and the Russos do a really great job of that. Like, we know we don't have to worry about the idea of, like, oh, there's another edition, or there's, there's another movie that we couldn't release, but we'll do it on a DVD. Like, there's none of that stupid crap. Um, just give us the full three hours, 58 seconds, and let it be everything that we need. Um, so we don't have to look back and go, man, we didn't get everything that we wanted because Disney was like, no, nah, we needed that two hours and thirty minutes. So three hours and fifty-eight seconds means there's no excuses. We get the movie that that we all want. Um, mm-hmm. But all right, let's uh, let's move on. Oh, excuse me. We got news coming out of the DC world. Uh, I'll start with the Idris one because uh, this one's probably gonna. going to be a good conversation between the the two of us. Um, Mm According to Variety, Idris Elba is out as Deadshot in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad and will instead play an unknown character for the film. This news Mm -hmm. doesn't really do much for me, um, mainly because they didn't officially say that he was Deadshot to begin with. So it wasn't like I had my hopes up for him to be Deadshot. Um, It was always he was rumored for the role of Deadshot. It was never he officially was Deadshot. Um, that and also the biggest issue I have with this movie um, doesn't come from any of the casting, doesn't come from even <laughs> the idea of the movie. It comes with James Gunn continuously telling me
2: that this is a reboot.
3: It is not a reboot.
2: You, you have a It's the not James Gunn. It's you the, have the fucking producer. <laughs> oh, I'm
3: sorry. It's the producers. You're right. I'm sorry. It's not James Gunn. It is the producers. You're right. Not a sequel. Um, I'm like,
2: all right. <laughs> okay,
3: if you tell, if, 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 what I think they're trying to say is if you saw Sui- if you didn't see Suicide Squad 1, it, it right. doesn't matter. You could still see the right. second one. It, it's not a direct sequel to it, which is fine. But exactly. don't, don't BS me. It is a sequel. Like, it is a sequel when you have returning characters. It's a sequel. That's the whole premise of a sequel. Um, a reboot would mean Viola Davis is playing someone new. Uh, Jai Courtney is playing someone new. Uh, Margot Robbie is playing someone new. That's a reboot. It's not that. So stop saying that. But if the point you're trying to make is that first one that you saw, erase it from your mind. Our movie will have nothing to do with it. Then that's cool. That's completely fine. But make sure you're being specific in that because you have a lot of people thinking, wait a minute, hold on. Doesn't reboot kind of mean like, you know, original characters aren't coming back? Um, right. then that's different. Um, but I don't think they're being specific in that and when you keep saying things like it's a reboot, you confuse people. But I'm going to go to you, Joe. What are your thoughts on Aegis Elba playing more of an original character rather than Deadshot? Uh,
2: I'm fine with that. No, not, it depends. Uh, a new character, an original made up for the movie, I would not like. But if it was another character from the comics that they bring in, that's like more someone we know. Um like a bronze tiger who I've been hoping was in this fucking movie forever now, uh, I'll be fine with that. You know, that, that, I don't mind. Cause like from the beginning, when they say Will was not coming back, um, uh, this is what I wanted. I'm like, I'd rather they, they just make, um, they don't recast him and they just use a different character. And then we find Idris was in the movie. And I think all the only thing it came down to um, was that James Gunn really wanted to use Idris Elba in the movie as a lead. That's it. And at the one point, I think um, I always said if they're going to bring in Deadshot uh, and he feel if James Gunn feels like he needs Deadshot, then, yeah, then I guess you should recast. But if, I, if it was my choice just to leave the door open for Will to come back in the future, that's what I would prefer. And that's kind of what it seems like they're doing now. Um, I think the lead was initially written for Deadshot, but I, think it's, I don't think it's a big enough deal where that um, – they can't replace him with another character or a different type of character. Um, so I, that's why for me it's not a big deal. If anything, this is exactly what I wanted from the beginning, and now you're just adding Idris Elba to a lot of characters that I already like. So this is totally fine with me. <laughs> yeah, I
3: mean, it, it's one of those things where it's, like, cool. I mean, to me, it's like whoever he plays, to me, it's, it, that's the least of my concerns, mainly because it's Idris Elba. Like, he made me right. really enjoy Pacific Rim. So, it's like, and he made me enjoy Dark Tower, which both were not really good movies. Um, so, it's the idea of, cool. I really honestly could care less who he's playing. I don't even want to speculate who I think he could be playing because I honestly don't care. A good actor makes the role good, not the other way around. So, I don't care. Like, the biggest reason why we give Marvel so much stuff um, for him being... Himdale was because they didn't make Hemdale do anything but just stay in there for three movies. Yeah. So it's it like, yeah. Care. Right. So to me, that was why Himdale, uh Idris Elba's Hemdale, was a waste. But if they actually let him be more involved, like if he, were, if he followed Thor on his journey in Ragnarok, I think it would have paid off. Um, even if he kind of, during the events of Dark World, I think it would have paid off. But the fact that they actually didn't want to do anything With the character, but casted such a big name, um, is why I think people kind of resent them for it. But to me, it's like the care, the actor makes the character, not the other way around. Um, But we do have a friend of Vibes Nation on, Dave. What's going on?
1: Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Going, everybody.
3: So. How's it going? I I, want to ask you, with the news of Aegis Elba being out as Deadshot, which wasn't really confirmed to begin with, but with him being out as Deadshot, do you have anyone you would like to see Aegis Elba play in the Suicide Squad uh, movie, or are you just cool with whoever they cast him because you're just a fan of Aegis Elba? Uh,
1: I mean, Suicide Squad isn't a movie I really care about. So, (laughs) I mean... It's a bunch of characters that are obnoxiously cosplayed way too much. And I just, eh, it's not a movie I'm, like, excited about. I will combat your statement, though, about Pacific Rim being a bad movie. I think you're terribly (laughs) mistaken. (laughs) I agree. I
2: I like the first Pacific Rim
3: a lot. Okay, no. When I say not necessarily a good movie, like, I'm a huge Charlie Hunnam fan. So, like, when I heard that he had the lead for it, I was like, yes, let's do it. Um, I also think Charlie Hunnam would be a great lead for a Gundam movie, but that's a different story. I didn't hate the movie mm-hmm. whatsoever. Like, when everyone was like, it was such a bad movie, I'm like, I didn't really see that. Was it a great movie? No. It was somewhere no. in between. <laughs> it was somewhere in between good and bad. Um, I-, I think Charlie Hunnam and Aegis Alpha completely made that movie.
2: Um, I think it was better that, than Suicide just... Squad. That, that can't that. be debated.
3: <laughs> I'll say this. I'm going to have to rewatch Pacific Rim and, and Suicide Squad again because I had fun with both of the movies. Like, um, I, I had fun too. with Will Smith as Deadshot. Uh, I, I do d- too. I'm going to rewatch both movies and then come back to you, Dave, <laughs> on that because I can't necessarily <laughs> disagree. I just haven't seen both in a while. Um, I'll say that. That's what I'll say. Um but all right, let's, um, let's go to more casting news that we got coming out of the Suicide Squad. Uh, Viola Davis officially is back as Amanda Waller. Um, hopefully, they can do more with her character than they did in the, in the first one. I kind of felt like she wasn't important enough. Um, that, that's kind of why I don't like the idea of Rick Flagg, um, mainly because if you have someone to keep everyone in line, her role kind of starts to diminish more and more. Um, So I kind of like it if she's more of the voice in your headpiece and you don't have anyone else kind of leading the charge Um, because it just makes her character seem that more cool because it's like she controls when your head, you know, gets blown off. And I think when they gave that responsibility to Rick Flagg, it was kind of just like, all right, you kind of just showed us why Amanda Waller could have just been a cameo in this movie. Like she didn't really need more. Than just being a cameo, because you had Rick Flagg doing everything. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of hope she's more stand stand alone in this. Um, Dave, I, I'll go to you. Did you enjoy Viola Davis's performance as Amanda Waller in the uh, in the first Suicide Squad movie?
1: I mean, I, I kind of agree with you that I, I felt it was unnecessary. It was just I felt like that movie had too many characters at jump. Overall, it was just like character after character especially to characters that are not Batman or Superman that are so widely known. Uh, I mean, I, I if I was to say, besides Green Lantern, I think that's like number two worst superhero movie I've seen. So. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. You haven't seen enough. Wait, whoa, hold on. I'll tell you that much. Hold on. <laughs> I've seen them all, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> on, Joel, Joel, you Joel knows that? very well how polarizing my opinions usually are about superhero <laughs> movies. Uh, oh, are me, you I saying
3: do. this? Are you saying this in the DC world or superhero movies? Period. Because that's important. Well, D- cause D- think- I mean
1: DC for sure, but I would have to give more thought about. I mean, it's definitely within top five of where superhero movies made in the past ten years. Over okay, across so- the board.
3: Only reason I ask is that first Hulk movie I thought it was
1: <laughs>
3: visually it was garbage, but just tone wise
1: was bad. But, but, but that's not that's not the MCU cinematic universe no, trend that's been no. the BS of what's no. been going on.
3: No, that's right. why I that was That was before if superhero movie period, or just DC. Because if you met all superhero movies, that first Hulk was horrible. Um, Stick was horrible. I'd make an Ooh, argument, Rise of the Silver Surfer was, was pretty bad. Um, so there's there's a lot out there. Um, still, they, Green Rain point, Rain again, those the
1: Fantastic case. Four movies are still better than the one they just came out with. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. everything's yeah. better than the Fantastic Four movies. Not saying four much, that just though.
3: Came out. Not saying not much. much that, but, yeah. The Rise of the Silver Surfer was pretty bad. That Galactus was just like, you didn't even try. Well, That wasn't <laughs> you Galactus.
2: You <just>
1: didn't even <laughs> the <was> Cloud. <laughs> that's not, that's not yeah, well, that that just falls into licensing, though.
2: Yeah, that's true. Well, that was just it, it's, it's, it's communication between, between the,
1: the, the the writing room, producers, and then legal matters, and then and they not just caring. don't. They, yeah.
2: You know, for, for me, it wasn't caring. They they didn't they didn't care enough about the character Galactus to give us Galactus. They're like, you know what makes better a storm cloud? That makes way more sense. Why are we talking about Revenge of the Fucking Silver Surfer or whatever the fuck? Why is this? We're talking about say? <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. i will
3: go to you, Joel. Uh,
2: how do you feel about Viola Davis
3: officially coming back as Amanda Waller?
2: Awesome. She was one of the best parts of that movie. Like, yeah, in my opinion, that movie was the worst of the DC movies, in my opinion. Um, but I still enjoyed, like, especially at the beginning of it. I liked a lot of introductions to the characters. I don't think all of them needed to survive. I think I, I think the whole point of Suicide Squad is for a lot of them to be killed off. Um, so I think that's probably where a lot of it fell flat, especially the end ending was the worst part of the whole movie, it was the third act, obviously. unnecessary villain against that, that type of... It just didn't make sense. But um, Viola Davis was a key part of that movie because she was a great casting choice for the character of Amanda Waller. Um, and I like... I, you know how I feel about Rick Flagg I'm not a. <laughs> the character himself does not need to be in the Suicide Squad movie. More, you know, I don't need the character, but they brought him in. Kinnaman did a good job for that role. Fine, if he comes back, awesome as well. Um, but to me, the key element that needed to be in this movie was Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, because uh, I think she's a she's an integral part to the to the the fabric of a Suicide Squad movie. Like, if you really If you're going to care about anything about the comics, she's a big part of that. I think uh, if you're going to bring anybody back from the old cast, that's the one that really matters. So for me, I'm very happy that she's coming back because I did like a lot of the casting choices for that movie, uh, even if the movie itself wasn't great.
3: Yeah, um, and, and if sis does want to indeed begin production by the end of this year, this will not be the last of the casting news that we hear no, not at all. over the next few months. Um, I right. wouldn't even be surprised if we see James Gunn make an appearance at Comic-Con um, mm-hmm. with a panel of the entire cast, or, or majority of, of the cast. Um, I right. would not be surprised. Uh, I think it would be a great move for DC because I think um, build-up is always important for them. Um, because their marketing is, isn't is usually the best. So it's like if you can hype people in August for a movie that's not coming out so like, maybe late next year, do it. Do whatever you, you need to do. Um, but they definitely need to be a strong source at this year's Comic-Con, uh, especially with the, the idea that Marvel probably won't be there again because their focus is D23 usually. Um, but uh, we, we got some more DC news. Um, let's move on to Harley Quinn will not be a member of Birds of Prey. Uh Marvel Robbie apparently confirmed this. Um oh, okay. I, I don't know what really to say to that. Um she never should have been. So it's like cool. I, I'm glad you understand that she shouldn't be a member of the Birds of Prey. Um but this news just literally nothing okay. for me. I don't know what really to say to that. Um, she never there's nothing for been, me, but um Joel, so I'll, I'll go
2: to you. Um I'll say this. Um not exactly news. I guess a lot of people were worried that she would be taking Barbara's spot in the Birds of Prey movie because there's no Batgirl or there's no Barbara Gordon, who wasn't a key member of finding the Birds of Prey. So a lot of people were like butt hurt. That, you know, Harley wasn't. I was one of them, so I uh, I get it. I'm like, you are going to do Birds of Prey without Batgirl or Barbara or whatever. It's weird. Um, but Harley being an offshoot character, uh, she being basically what's going to lure you to the movie and then we introduce you to these two characters that probably form an alliance to become the Birds of Prey, uh, which would be Huntress and Black Canary. Um, that's fine. I see. It's just her. I think it's just her clarifying that it's not really her being a part of that team. It's just her. Like they're they're just. Joyous. To me, it's a girl team up movie. They're calling Birds of Prey, but she, not, that, she doesn't necessarily join the, that that squad. You know what I mean? That's all it is. I don't think it's big news. It's just something I think she felt like. She wanted to get out there. Just, just because She saw that people were probably bitching about it.
3: Right. And I think because we did get an official poster um, at CinemaCon for the movie. And the, right. the long title that we saw was just a joke that uh, Margo had on the, the cover of the script um, when she put out the photo seems to be the title that they're going with, which I like because I think that's your way of saying this is a Harley movie with Birds of Prey rather right. than... Birds of Prey that has Harley as a member, so I, I think that right, you, right. Um, distinctively, letting the the fan base—not obviously the core people who could care less about these characters—but the fan base know right. it's Harley's movie that that co-stars Birds of Prey. Right, right. You don't have
2: to worry right. about us
3: ever mixing the two because they, they're not mixable. It's just Harley's movie that runs into the Birds of Prey. Um, to me, which is which is completely fine. Like if you're saying Harley. It's how the Birds of Prey form that she's not a part of it. Cool, good. That's all I need. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I can live with that. Um, right. But Dave, what are your thoughts on um, uh, Margot Robbie making it official that Harley
1: will not be joining the Birds of Prey? Uh, good. Maybe new girls in the comics will cosplay as something other than Harley then next year.
2: <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> yeah I mean
1: doing all the conventions I do I see way too many damn Harley Quinn cosplays and it's obnoxious I really don't Yeah. I mean for me the quintessential Harley Quinn is Tim Sale's animated series version so the right, movie obviously. version I could take or leave to me that's just like you know look at me I'm able to be cosplayed because you can buy my items on Etsy or a thrift store so right I, will say, I mean I'm, I w- Joel I knows just go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say like Joel knows me very well I'm very much so against the like comic book movies I feel like they've ruined the actual medium of comics so most of the time if someone's going to walk away from it that's you know bumping it up more power to them so no I will no say more the- hardly
3: the idea of Harley <laughs> be being the the star of, of cosplaying for women um, definitely right. won't be coming from this year, mainly because they have an animated show coming out about Harley.
2: That's, and then that's by true. the
3: end of the year, we probably will have a trailer for Birds of... Um, so it's like if we have a trailer, she's going to be the main focus in it. So you're going to have people feeling reinforced to being Harley Quinn
1: for... <laughs> For
3: um for for stuff like Halloween and cosplays and stuff. I I'll tell you this. When we all go to New York Comic Con, I can almost guarantee you at least a hundred of the women in attendance will be Harley Quinn. I I can almost yeah, guarantee that, right? For now. sure. <laughs> hey, it's just
2: what it is. She's the Harley yeah. right now. It is what it is. You know, that's just how it is. People like her, girls love dressing up as her and so they're using it to their advantage. That's kinda why she's in Birds of Prey. No one knows who the fucking Birds of Prey are except who, you know, comic book fans. But you know who Harley is. She's a draw. So they put her in it. It makes sense. It's a a girl movie. You know, if you look at it like that, you understand the, the concept of it. Harley Quinn is a, a cartoon character first, before she was a comic book character. It's transferred into the comics, and now she's in the movie. She's become a fan favorite, and she's less of a villain. She's more of an in-betweener now. Um, it's just what it is. You know, I, I, I've accepted it. <laughs> yeah, I
3: mean... To be honest with you, I'm pretty sure people were really sick around the early to mid to late 90s. I'm pretty sure cosplaying back then, like all the guys were just Batman.
2: Like everyone was just Batman. Like you're oh, just God, out, really out just World Batman. Of nothing but Batman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I still love Batman. Different versions of that. And Deadpool. Deadpool's very popular now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm sure those were guys' go-tos, uh, those two characters. But um,
3: hopefully the females do get more of a wanting to be maybe some of the female characters from Marvel. Um, so we get some kind of change up. Um, like, I'm even cool with Poison Ivy. It's just like you all can't be Harley Quinn. Like, come on, someone <laughs> want to change it up. Uh, let me see right. an foyer somewhere in, in the crowd. Like, that'd be great. Um, but, hey, let's move on. Let's take a small break from, from DC. Let's jump into uh, Disney and Marvel a little bit. At CinemaCon, Disney chairman um, Alan Horn confirms we'll be seeing more Deadpool in the future during the Disney presentation. Um, This isn't really news. I think he was very clear on that before, that Deadpool wasn't going to die off. He was going to do more with Deadpool. I still Mm -hmm. think in that animated world that they're building for Hulu, Deadpool, voiced by Ryan Reynolds, should be a part of that. Um, Or the show that uh, that Donald Glover was trying to create, still create it, but just do it on Hulu. Um,
2: right, right, right.
3: I, I I just think Deadpool is meant to be a part of a team like that. He just is, and you could lead it, and you could get a lot of fans on board with that that universe that they're building. People love Ryan Reynolds, and they love Deadpool. Um, so yeah, I mean, i fully expected them to still continue to do the movies. I think him saying that they're still going to do Deadpool confirms that they're more interested in doing Deadpool three than they are um, X Force. I I think X Force has been pushed all the way to the back. They'd rather do Deadpool 3, see how that does, then maybe revisit um, X-Force. But X-Force, that's, I'm right. curious about it because it now it now means, does that mean Cable is going to be in um, Deadpool 3? Because if you do that, I think you're really going to confuse people who just saw Josh Josh Roland as Thanos um, now seeing him in I, Cable, I, Cable I, and it being I in the same so. universe. It's
2: not like he looks the same. It is a giant purple alien. Not exactly the same Very guy. true. <laughs>
3: <laughs> very true, very true, but let's let's remember this. This is the same fan base that was confused, like, wait, hold on, Cameron's Joker? Wait, hold on, you're doing a movie Joker? Wait, hold on, Jared Leto's Joker is now being in the Well, that's the movie confusing,
2: too. having a Jared Leto Joker and Maquif being yeah. Joker in the movies. That's confusing, but this is a little different. They're just, same actor, they're playing a different character who looks nothing like him. You know what I mean? Oh, just, they sound alike. That's about the only similarity <laughs>
3: Yeah, we'll say his cable sounded exactly like Thanos. Um, uh, but I'll go to you first, Dave. Um, what, what does this mean to you hearing that Alan Horn still is on board to, to seeing Deadpool be made? Um, it, does this interest you in the sense of Deadpool possibly someday, PG-13-wise, joining the Avengers? Or are you just more so excited for the idea of seeing another solo
1: movie of Deadpool? Uh, neither. I'm actually annoyed that X-Force is being pushed back. I'd much, yeah, see I'd much rather see an X-Force movie than a, than a Ryan Reynolds movie again. I mean, Deadpool. I'm sorry. <laughs> really? That's yeah. interesting. I mean, go ahead, go ahead. There's so many more interesting characters in X-Force that, like, they're going to take a gamble. Well, DC takes a gamble on, like, Suicide Squad. It's kind of the same thing in terms of, like, those C-list characters, like Warpath and Feral. I mean, depending mm. on what era of X-Force they go with, but... I mean I think there's a lot of interesting characters and since they love diversity so much I mean X-Force I feel is such a hand-given basket to them for that.
2: I, I, I can agree with almost
3: that. as upsetting as it may sound to you I can almost guarantee you we won't get X-Force before we get X-Men.
1: Oh, um, I know that. It'll, it'll oh come yeah. After. That will yeah, be the trailer for the the second Phoenix saga which is obnoxious as it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's over.
3: Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank God. And it was funny because like they they were saying at CinemaCon, like they were confirming like, uh, Dark Phoenix is the last of like that X Men saga, and it's like, uh, yeah, we were praying for that. Like, yeah, thank you. Like,
2: of course, <laughs> we we
3: figured that. signing um, off. <laughs> also, I think it was interesting that they were reinforcing that New Mutants will come out in theaters. I was just kind of yeah. like, really, Alan? You want you want to drop this in theaters? All right. <laughs> okay. You just had Matthew Williams come out and say they haven't even done a reshoot yet. So
2: it's like, they probably I don't think won't it'll be now. this year. They're just going to well, release it. <laughs>
3: like, whatever. God bless Whatever's them. There. God bless them. I- I've never seen a-, a turnover care so little about making money <laughs> when it comes to oh. a movie. But that's exactly what Disney is at. Like, they're like, I don't care. They can make $2 and I'd be fine. You uh, know what the
2: money they're going to be making off their new properties? They don't give a fuck. Yeah, they, don't <laughs> About care. they don't
3: care. I mean, let, let's not forget this is a studio that has enough money to film scenes that were never gonna be in a movie just purely to throw people off in trailers. Like that's how much money Disney had. Um uh, it, it, it's ridiculous. Uh it's just it's it's unfair. Um, but Joel, what what are your thoughts on Alan kind of reinforcing that Deadpool is part
2: of the future going forward, uh, in the MCU? No, no, I mean, he's just confirming what we all knew. Like, we knew Deadpool was going to be the only one coming in from there. I, I, I am hoping uh, the X-Force does get more play quicker, because uh, that's what everyone was waiting for, and now we don't know how they're going to play into the uh, future Deadpool movies. Like, we don't know what Deadpool 3 is going to be, you know what I mean? Like, they played with a lot of the X-Men. In, not a lot, but with a couple. Obviously, Colossus was in it, Megasonic Teenage Warhead, that. Juggernaut. Juggernaut was showed up in the last one. Of course, Gabriel and Domino. <clears throat> also, all the X-Men
3: had a cameo in that one <laughs> Yeah, the Fox,
2: the Fox X-Men had a, a small cameo. There's a lot of jabs. There's dead can Get away with that kind of shit. So will this be almost like a, a third movie, but also kind of a reboot? You know what I mean? That's how you gotta look at it. Cause it's a new world, so he has to. It's Deadpool in a new world, and, and he has to acknowledge that it's not the same world that it was. Yeah, it's gonna be. The, the, all the meta jokes coming out of that movie are gonna be really good. I can't wait. I can't wait for that part of it. But hopefully, um, that movie can settle what the hell is gonna happen with X Force in the future. Cause I do hope to see X Force co- come around. Cause I was really looking forward to X Force stuff. So. Hopefully it doesn't get yeah. pushed back super far, but I don't know. It really depends on how they pull off Deadpool and where they, they land, in where he lands next to you, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I, I just think if you're if you're Feige, what you don't want is the idea that Deadpool threw up the X a lot in Deadpool 2 uh, to symbolize, mm-hmm. obviously, them creating the X-Force. Um, and mm-hmm. if you're Feige, you're like, I want the X to be unanimously known for X-Men. Before X-Force. So it just means um, that, let's say, 2022, if we don't have an X-Men movie by then, we're definitely not going to have an X-Force movie so well after um, an right. X-Men movie is established and then after a Deadpool 3 is established. Um, and then I think they'll go right into an X-Force movie. Because I, I don't think they're going to make a Deadpool 4, a Deadpool 5. I think 3 right. will, will stop but they'll then bring Deadpool into the X-Force and then create another trilogy
2: off of that. Oh, so it's going
3: right. to be a while. Um, and I think Kevin Feige even, would even play around with the idea of having Wolverine cameo um, in, in the X-Force. So I, I think he just wants to establish X-Men first, and then he'll, he'll dig into X-Force. It, it's just, it's right. one of those things where it's like he has so many toys in, in his toy box that it's like you can't play with them all. So, like, we're going to have to wait mm-hmm. until he's ready to play with certain characters. Um, but, yeah, X-Force, unfortunately, is going to be on the back burner. It, it, it unfortunately, just like uh, the Doctor Doom movie, wasn't put into production before the merger happened. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, now that Kevin Feige has it, he's in absolutely no rush to do anything with Doom, to do anything with X-Force. Um, so, we just, unfortunately, have to wait for it. But it shouldn't be that, that, that long. Maybe five, six years, top. But it'll be well worth it. Um, all right, let's move on to some news that kind of confuses me because I don't really know necessarily where it came from, but I know it completely caught me off guard, and I got really hyped for it. Uh, there's a rumor going around that Doctor Strange 2 could release, not start production, release next year. Um, that it sounds really weird because I've heard nothing. I, I think they were working on the script last, last time I heard anything about this movie. Um, we haven't heard any casting news. We haven't heard anything. Um, so if this movie is able to pull off three filmings, three MCU filmings in a year, um, I'll be shocked. Like, if you're telling me Black Widow's filming this year, Eternals is filming this year, and Doctor Strange 2, and you're able to pull it off and have all three of them released next year, I'll be shocked. I- I'll be truly shocked. I-, I don't know how you'll be able to pull that off.
2: Um, but, Joe, I'll go to you first.
3: Do you think that that's even remotely possible for them
2: to try to pull off? Uh, I guess it's possible. I don't know if it's gonna happen. Uh, uh considering, uh, I know their focus now is really Black Widow and Ternals. Um, so I, I'm not really sure where. Or, I mean, they'll probably find time for Doctor Strange. But I just, I just don't believe it'll be ready for next year. Uh, it's possible, I guess, if they can get everybody ready. But I think Benedict might be busy doing stuff right now. So I know the director's attached. I know they're they're currently writing, or if they've been writing, or they're maybe they're tweaking. it. I'm not sure. Uh, so a lot of that's probably already taken care of. It's just now just a matter of scheduling when filming is going to start for them. Because uh, because I think Marvel, at least we know, even though they haven't officially announced any of these movies that we're talking about. Um, We know they have directors, they have uh, writers for certain properties, like Black Widow, Eternals, Doctor Strange 2, uh, Black Panther 2, uh, Guardians 3. All those movies are definitely have writers and directors. Now it's just a matter of scheduling time to film. And obviously Black Widow's already casting, Eternals is casting, and we haven't heard much except for the fact that Doctor Strange got the director back, and that was a couple months ago. So I I don't see it likely, but I guess it's possible, but they would have to move pretty quickly.
3: Yeah, super quickly. Or, uh, I mean, let, let's not rule out, Disney does keep things under wraps. It'd be hard to keep that under wraps, um, mainly because once you pick a location, like, you kind of you got to cut off, like, a large section of that location that you're looking to shoot. Um, this isn't like Warner Brothers, where, like, I think a little bit of Justice League was shot, like, in studio. Um, so, it's mm-hmm. like, you could have completely filmed that movie in silence, and then, like, boom, we made the movie, and we're like, wait, Where? Um, And you're like, a lot. so uh, we know Disney doesn't work like that. They look for actual places to shoot from. Um, So I think that is one of the biggest things you wouldn't really be able to keep under wraps. And we know how much they love Atlanta for shooting, or at least the Russos do. They love Atlanta for shooting. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it just doesn't seem like that's something you'd be able to keep under wraps, but if anyone could do it, it'd be Disney. Um, It just would, to me, it would seem like rushing unless everything else was already planned out and we just don't know yet. Um, But, Dave, what do you think the likelihood is that we could get um, Doctor Strange 2 released uh, next year in theaters?
1: I doubt it. I mean, I think that's like, I just think that they're focusing way too much on the other movies, like you were saying, for that to even come out. I mean, you know, stranger things, I guess, have happened with movies dropping or information dropping. But given that there's no hard evidence of it, Mm -hmm. I doubt it. I'd like to see it. Doctor Strange was one of the few movies I actually do enjoy from Marvel, but <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, to me, it's just one of those things where it's like I, I just kind of feel like it'd be rushed. Like, don't ru- one thing uh, that Alan Horn was was kind of talking about is um, kind of the formula of films that they're looking to release in a year, um, and I kind of don't want you to force yourself to stick to doing three to four a year. Um, Like, if all you have next year is two, then just have two. I mean, as far as we know, Warner Brothers only has one for DC coming out next year. So it's like you don't – oh, no, I'm sorry, two. I just lied. Um, They have two also. Um, To me, if you only have two, just stick with that. We're we're, we're completely fine with that. I I do wish Black Widow wasn't one of the two, but – I'm fine. I'm completely fine. Yeah, don't rush Doctor it. Strange.
2: <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I'm going to have to, Joelle. But, yeah, don't don't rush it just, just to put three movies out next year. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of Alan Horn, um, they also confirmed – Disney also confirmed that CinemaCon, the franchises such as Alien, Planet of the Apes, and Kingsman will continue to be developed. This is extremely interesting to me because, Joelle, do you remember the article – Um, of Matt Reeves where he was kind of saying what he wanted his Batman movie to kind of feel like, the detective side and everything. Okay, in that same article, he was asked, um, would he do more Planet of the Apes movies? And he said in that article, he would love to. I mean, it's something that the studio hadn't come to him and talked about It would obviously have to be after he's done with the Batman, but he would love to come back and do more. Um, So I'm curious, if you're Disney, and and I'll pose this, you're Disney,
2: do you look to reboot
3: um, that complete Planet of the Apes franchise, or do you carry on knowing how much money those last three made? Do you carry on with Matt Reeves?
1: Well, if I'm Disney, I don't give a fuck. I just do anything that makes money. But if I was in charge of Disney... (laughs) I just not use that property ever again and just hold the licensing because those last three films are blasphemy to the original.
2: You're crazy. Those were great. Those movies were great. Those
1: movies were
3: great.
1: I don't care we're if they're have good to have a, movies, shot well, acted well. They're blasphemy to the original scripts of the original. Wow, you're such a party pooper. Yeah, man, they, 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 they shat on the, under, like, the science fiction realm. Or aspects yeah, of what did. the original Planet of the Apes true. were. They the new they ones are complete garbage. A yeah, garbage. Well,
2: it's, well, definitely a re- me, re- it's a reimagining.
3: The new ones to me were special because it, it gave you an Oscar feel. Like, I'd never thought a Planet of the Apes movie could give me an Oscar feel. Um, it just mm-hmm. was so, it was shot so well. I thought Matt Reeves did a great job shooting that film. Um, and I thought the writing, the, the dialogue for it in the third one, I thought was kind of dicey. Um, but I thought he did a really good job building. That uh, that universe, of Planet of the Apes. I'm, I can honestly tell you, I've never really seen the original one. Um, so I, I'll go ahead and like bow out of that conversation of comparing. Um, I just enjoyed <laughs> the two movies for what they were. i that, that, that's, that's the only way I look at it. I just thought they were good for what they were.
1: Um, I mean, they're pop, they're popcorn flicks. Of course, they're going to be good. There's millions of dollars yep. going into them, but they're a little deeper than you know, that. But I see what you're saying. They're popcorn flicks, man. <laughs>
2: They're good Especially popcorn good. flicks. They're deep. Comp- they're popcorn. They're not
1: just all action.
2: These are actual. actual well, stories. Art.
3: Time out. Time out. I'll say this: Triple X popcorn films. I don't think those three <laughs> Planet of the Apes movies are in the same category as Triple X, and that's a pure popcorn film.
1: So that's Maybe right. not the first one, one because, because it was a difficulty. gamble. But once they knew it was a sure thing financially, the <laughs> second and third one were popcorn flicks. they were like, all right, these are gonna. There was no doubt of them not doing well.
2: Because they were good movies, they were just good. Movies. Right. They were probably better than <laughs> the
1: first right. movie. Right. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yeah, but I don't. I don't watch Planet of the Apes to be like, this is exciting. I watch Planet of the Apes to be like, mentally stimulated by it. The originals were, it, it made you question the idea of evolution and mental capacity. The new ones were like, nope, we're just going to start off the beginning and just give it all to you. Not really. I don't watch
2: those new movies. I don't know. There's more. There's more depth to it than you think you give credit for.
3: There is. There is. There, there definitely, is. especially can't, in the
2: first. You one. Can't, if you want to argue the, the last two, can't replace Charles Hester. I, I, no, but no, you don't but have, you do have to. Have it's to it's move a new on. world.
1: Yeah, you right. do have to move on. You can't
2: live in the past.
1: If, if you're going to move it on, is. make a make make a new idea. Don't just keep recycling the old one.
3: I think they did though. But they we went like a it a lot more scientific. They went a lot more scientific with the idea of that being would introduce the planet of the apes rather than it being like, no, we didn't have a, a full planet of just like really smart monkeys that like came over here. It was
1: like, no, it was the, the scientific that was, that's idea the premise of creating. Of the, original. the premise of the original is that humans trained them to be that way. It wasn't a chemical. Right. But right. That's what I'm saying. They, it is, they gave, it, they is gave it an explanation. The explanation. Of they gave it an explanation like in the original too.
2: Yeah, but this one, dude, they gave it an actual drug. Like a drug caused this. We caused our own demise. Yeah, I think,
1: I that's, think really that's what I think it that's, came I down to. I think that's weaker. I think that's a weaker idea.
2: That a drug. Oh policy. God, we're never going to get
1: anywhere with this. Uh, so next, no, so I'm saying like you <laughs> <in> the <laughs> original, it was it wasn't a PED. It wasn't an enhancement. It was that I they actually got smarter.
2: I get it. I understand. I'm just saying this didn't do that. It turned out to try something. Different.
1: I know it didn't do and that. It's that's still, if like
2: it. it still, it still was a good movie. I'm just that's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a good, good movie. It's a bad Planet of the Apes remake.
2: <laughs> well, it was fine. That's fine. All right. Um, what
1: was next?
3: <laughs> right.
2: I'll
3: go to you, Joel. I'll go more off of Planet of the Apes. Um, Aliens, we know they had a, a movie they released a few years ago. Uh, I didn't think it was all that good. I thought you were trying to uh, hang on too much with the original formula of that movie, and it kind of showed. Um, mm-hmm. But you have... You have Kingsman that uh, apparently is still moving forward, um, which is good um, because I, I think we definitely enjoyed the first one. I don't know how you felt on the second one, but I definitely thought the first one was a, um, a really, really, really good movie. Um, so the idea that they're keeping Alien, Planet of the Apes, and Kingsman, um, what is that? Do you feel as though they need to reboot all three worlds, or are you okay
2: hanging on to some of the, the things we already know from all three of those films? You hold on to whatever works, but obviously to me Alien I I liked Prometheus. I didn't like that last one. I don't remember what the last one was called, uh whatever the last oh, yeah. Alien movie was. I did uh yeah, I didn't like that one. I liked Prometheus. Uh, I did not like Coven. Uh and I'm kinda done with that version of it. I was bored to tears with Coven. Uh I I was really intrigued by the whole idea of Blunt Blunt coming back and doing like almost like a semi sequel to Aliens. Yeah. Um, that was that was intriguing to me. Uh I'd rather see that than like a, a I know Ridley wanted to do a third movie like after Coven and finish that. And I guess if they want to do that, I would not be opposed to it. Uh but I, I I'm not a big alien guy. Like I, I prefer Predator for over aliens and aliens. But um uh I just I'd rather see more of a like a reimagining than, than continuing on what they were doing. Or, or go back to like I said, like maybe maybe an offshoot sequel to Aliens. Um p- preferably in, in terms of that. Kingsman, um I I didn't hate the last one. I loved the first one. Didn't didn't I liked the second one, wasn't I wasn't in love with it. Uh I was intrigued by it and I know the third one's gonna be more of a prequel. Um which is fine with me too. I think they're fun movies. Um but um I don't know. Kingsman I know Dave did uh, I don't remember if you liked the first one or not. I know you liked the first Kick-Ass, and I don't know if you liked the, yeah, the Kingsman movies, but um, I was always intrigued by the American offshoot of, of the Kingsman, uh, the Statesman. What are the they called? It, Statesman, I think they were called. Um, that was intriguing. Yeah. It just To me, it wasn't completely executed 100% right. Um, was, they could have done a better job. But again, I didn't really hate the sequel. Uh, I, I am looking forward to seeing the prequel though, and seeing what, what that's all about.
3: Yeah, I, I will say, for, for back what you were saying about Alien, I wasn't really huge on <clears throat> the world of Alien either. I actually didn't see the originals until after Prometheus. I think the biggest reason Ooh. I love Prometheus, yeah, I think the biggest reason why I loved Prometheus is that I didn't know it was an Alien movie. So, like, the oh, very that's end, a good surprise. You know, Like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Whoa. <laughs> like, you, you know what it reminded me of, Joel? Um no. Like, when I left GLAD. Uh Not Glad, I'm sorry, uh-huh. I Split. And I left Split. And then yeah, it ended with Bruce crazy. Willis. I was just, what? <laughs> like, that's how I thought it like Prometheus. <laughs> um, and then it immediately made me want to go watch the originals um, to kind of capture that feeling again. And then when they did Cove Now, I was just like, oh, God, no. Like, <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. how did you royally screw this up? Um, but yeah, I thought Prometheus uh, approached its universe the same way that Split did, to where it was like, we're not going to let you know it's connected because that might put a lot of you off. Wait till you see the end of the movie, and then wow. we will see how you feel. Um, and I think Prometheus yeah. did it successfully, and I think Split did it successfully, because a lot of people didn't like Glass, a lot of people didn't like Alien Covenant. So <laughs> they both handled that right. to where it was like, the original concept was great. Then when you went into, like, all right, we're part of this world now, a lot of people were like, you didn't really do all the best job. Um, so, I mean, to me, honestly, if you're Disney, I kind of feel like Disney is on this power trip of kind of wanting to do everything of its own. Um, so right. I wouldn't be shocked
2: if I they completely
3: that. said, you know what, after this new uh, the new yeah. movie um, of it being a prequel, they might go into the idea of completely recasting. Um, I, I'm fine with that. If Disney thinks they could do um, something different, something more fun, something more entertaining, try it. Um, but I definitely don't see Disney continuing with where Covenant left off. I don't see it continuing where The Last Planet of the Apes left off, and I definitely don't see it continuing after um, Kingsman too, so we'll see what Disney mm-hmm. has in store. But I do think this is a good sign because it does mean that they do care about original content.
2: Um, I want. Good. I want Kingsman to go back to Miller, so his Miller world on uh, Netflix could be complete. <laughs> we could see Kingsman stuff on yeah. Netflix. now, that'd be pretty cool. That would
3: be interesting. Yeah, I agree. To me, I do think Kingsman would be a better series than necessarily a movie. It, it gives you the ability to flesh out more. Um, right. So I'd be fine with that. I'd be completely fine with that. Um, but we'll see what Disney does. We've learned not to question Disney. They obviously do what they want. Um, let's move on. Um, this news I really, truly enjoyed so much that I put it in our topic, and we don't ever really talk about uh, stuff like this, but according to Game Informer, Ed Boon has talked to Marvel about creating a fighting game and would love mm. to do a Marvel versus DC game.
2: This well, yeah. is super
3: intriguing. Um, because to do a Marvel versus DC game, I would hope would bring everyone who still thinks that it's a Marvel versus DC world that we live in, um, would mm-hmm. kind of just get over it. Like, they would just enjoy, like, you talk so much smack about Superman being better than Thor. Well, now you get the chance to play as, play as Superman beating up Thor. Like, maybe that'll cure some of the, the craziness that goes on in their heads. Um, right. But the idea of talking to Marvel about doing a fighting game, I would just suggest. The biggest thing I hated about um, DC when they created their their injustice fighting game was that it was too tailor made after Mortal Kombat. Like I didn't like the playability of it. Um, I that was thought it really good. It up more. I, I just I thought that the, the story of it was great. I just didn't like the playability. Like I didn't I didn't. Want you didn't like to the like way I'm it play. You
2: didn't like that it played like Mortal Kombat. Is that what you're saying?
3: Because to me to me it was just like all right. Well, I could just play Mortal Kombat. Like the idea that you're giving me Batman. Um, but I'm playing as if it's Mortal Kombat. Like that didn't excite me enough. The story is what drew me to the game. You're crazy. Um, I just wanted you to open it up more. Like I thought Ultimate Alliance was a way that
2: that Marvel opened that, up. That's not a fighting, fighting game. game though. That's that's more. That's not a fighting game. Ultimate Alliance.
3: No, it's an adventure game. It is an adventure game. You're
2: right. It is an adventure game. But
3: I don't really need a fighting game. <laughs> open it up. You
2: <laughs> do, do an open. I'm work. just saying. I'm so well, look. Well, like Marvel's Capcom, they fought like Street Fighter characters. All of them and Mortal Kombat and uh, Injustice they they it's the same people it's another it's realm. they 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 did injustice that's why it plays like Mortal Kombat yeah, um, but injustice the is completely different than
1: Mortal Kombat right
2: and it right it's, they they i mean it's similar but it's not the same uh, injustice is not Mortal Kombat obviously uh if you play them <laughs> uh, and injustice is very much its own thing and just like Mortal Kombat its own thing uh and i enjoy both and i have like i i love the injustice game. like injustice 2 i actually got the $100 one that they got all the DLC and all that. I loved that, that game so much. And, and it did have a lot of replayability and to, and for, to be able to combine DC and Marvel and do a game like that, that would be fucking ridiculous. I don't think it'll ever be possible or happen, even though that's mm-hmm. a game that could definitely be open to interpretation. Like you can, like you don't have to have a, a winner. Like whoever you, whoever is playing the game can pick the winner. You don't have to actually choose the story. Doesn't have to choose that. You can choose it. Uh, that's the right. way you can approach that. Um, but I, I just—it just doesn't seem possible because just the idea of Marvel licensing and combining with DC licensing to go together so with like Netherrealm, and We know Warner Brothers has a big, has a really close relationship with NetherRealm, and Boone. That's why they've been doing a lot of DC games recently. Um, I would love that. I don't know how likely it is, but I, that would be awesome because so the Injustice Games would be great. I mean, they're they've been great, and I can't wait to see what else they come out in terms of DC. Is it another Injustice Game or is it a whole new DC fighting game? Whichever, I just can't wait to see more games from NetherRealm in with comic book characters. Cause awesome, awesome. I'll
3: say, I'll say it's more likely now than it would have been maybe 20 years ago. Mainly because if if you watch, obviously I know you do, uh, Dave. I'm not sure if you do, but if you watch The Flash, Joel, how many Marvel characters did they name on The Flash? I mean, you they even reference had Stanley. A lot, yeah. A lot. You even had Stan Lee on, um, on Teen Titans Go, like the the movie. So obviously, there's a working relationship between the two and I, I think, if you're Ed Boon, you'd definitely sell respect. it to both sides. Like, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. There's a respect between the two. Um, you could obviously sell it to where you're like, dude, we'll just keep the ending open-ended. Like, there is no one one company that, that is, you know, uh, has an advantage over right. the other.
2: You both you are going to get the, destiny. you know,
3: Mm-hmm. simple, very simple, and I think if you sell it to them like that, I don't think they say no to it, I, I, I purely don't mainly because if you're Warner Brothers, let me not say Warner Brothers, if you're DC you struggled with games that weren't Batman, um, and if mm-hmm. you're Marvel, you struggle with games that aren't Marvel vs. Capcom or Ultimate Alliance, so yeah try it, try it, see if it works out and if it does, it could open the door for something that I really truly wanted, um, that you kind of brought up last time we were together, Joel which is maybe getting an animated world of Marvel characters versus DC characters uh, like they did in the comics. I think that'd be a lot of fun um, and have it be interactive yeah. to where the, the fan could pick the winner. It's not necessarily the story yeah. picking the winner. The fan could pick the it'd winner. It'd be fun. It'd um, definitely be it'd fun. It'd be a lot of fun. It'd be a lot of fun. And it would it would open the doors for maybe 10 to 20 years from now we see the worlds collide, um, you know, to where it's not – Batman versus Iron Man, and there has to be a winner. Obviously, they fight, and they come together, and they fight the villains that that came together. Um, it just opens so many doors. So if Ed Boon can, can bring the two gangs of Warner Brothers and Disney together to make this happen, I'm all for it. Do it. Let's let, let's make it happen. But um, Dave, what what are your thoughts on it? Do you think that that's even remotely possible that both sides can come? It'll never happen. Game
1: happen. <laughs> yeah. one one it will never happen because. Marvel doesn't have the worry that DC or Warner Brothers has with its properties because Marvel really has yet to have that big of a failure, and their video games don't affect them, especially even now being part of Disney even more so whether they succeed or fail. I mean that Deadpool game was extremely successful and they didn't give a shit about it. Still took how many years to get that movie made even after the critically acclaimed video game that came out for like what Xbox 360 and PS3. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't what well, that's one two. I just think that the relationship with Capcom and other publishers to then go to nether realms—I I just don't see it happening. Nor do I think that there would be so many so many arguments. I feel internally about what a character can do to an opposite, opposing like published character, because that was one of the biggest issues initially with Marvel or not Marvel DC versus Mortal Kombat was like. Mm. Yeah. Didn't, Warner Brothers didn't want to let go of the reins to allow Mortal Kombat characters to do specific things to them visually in the game, whether it was one round or canon <laughs> within the game. It was, it was silly. That's, mm-hmm. that's base opinion. My top opinion on top of that, being a fan of fighting games, is I don't want to see it personally just because I feel like the only reason why Boone wants to do it is because of EVO. He knows that if there was a game where it was Marvel versus DC, that shit would would soar yes. in the Evo event. Yes,
2: it would. And
1: I think that's one of the biggest issues that Injustice 2 had was that it was so formula- formulaic to it can, a competitive sport rather than a casual player. Mm-hmm. That for me it was not agree fun.
2: Well, well, I still had so, fun with it, but I agree with you're, what you're saying. Um,
1: well, for, it, for it someone who doesn't like... like have the system and only plays when like a buddy brings it over. I just mm-hmm. felt like it was too mechanically driven kind of in the same sense of how in street fighter four dropped, you could only do specific combos that were pre-programmed. There was no free form casual play. You had to do the right. mathematical equations that they programmed for each avatar. And that's to me, that's not yeah. fun. I get
2: what you're saying. I do. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't disagree at all. Cause I think that a lot of that has, uh, you're right about a lot of that, but, um, I do believe, you're right, I think he would. they would kill it at EVO. <laughs> if they could get that, if he could get his hands on that kind of shit, my god, it, it would be one of the highest selling games of all time. No I
3: think doubt, that's the main my reason mind. why
1: he wants it. So. Easy. Easy. Yeah, <laughs> I,
2: think, I
3: think the idea of him bringing it to them completely showed that, that he sees the dollar signs that could connect to that. Um, I, I, I think it's more so possible now than it would have been ever 20 years ago. Um, I think you could have conversations. Maybe not like everyone sign on the dotted line for it to, to go into production immediately, but I think it'd be uh, something that they'd be more open to, um, especially with Marvel now being part of Disney and Disney just loving money and video games being like outside of Kingdom Hearts, really. Um, you don't really have much money uh, in the video game world. I think Disney is obviously showing it wants it in every possible arena. Um, so if they can kind of get uh, a hand in the video game world, um, and let that I mean, be what spins them off into making money in video games, I think they'd be open to it. But what
1: but, they do in, in, what they do in iOS, like Disney doesn't care about small fry video games. The only reason why they do that is because of Square, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't they don't care about like console games. You know how much money they b- bring in from people buying the shit in the Marvel Legends and yeah. Marvel Alliance on, on your yeah, phone app. But- and they don't give yeah, a shit definitely. about like actual yeah, video that's, games. Yeah,
3: but that's my thing though. Which sucks. This it game, this game
1: could,
3: <laughs> this game could spin <laughs> into doing that also. I mean, we've seen uh in the so. i mean unless they,
1: iOS also. The, unless they fuck the customer royally with DLC, it's not going to be anywhere near what they probably bring in a month with the Marvel Alliance.
2: Well, I'm not sure because uh, the Marvel like we have Ultimate Alliance coming out now for Switch like specifically. We'll see how that does, and then we know Square Enix. You know, the Marvel and Square Enix has obviously a relationship. um, um, Now that they they're they're doing an Avengers game, we don't know what kind of Avengers game. They haven't released what the fuck it's about yet. Uh, But we know it's some type of Avengers game. So uh, that's that's another thing that gets in the way. They have now relationships with other publishers, like what Dave Dave was saying, and it's like it's gonna be tough because we know Warner Bros. already has a, a. a good relationship with NetherRealm. Uh, and and yeah. Marvel has a, a relationship now with Quirannix. I mean, they won't get away from, They're just not going to let go of that, the company that they're with. It's going to be hard well, negotiations for that to ever happen.
1: And to, and to add on that, I don't think it's, it's Marvel really benefiting from Kingdom Hearts as much as Square is benefiting from it so much more. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: Marvel and Disney have the money regardless. They're like, okay, you can show that you can do something successful, so we'll allow you to continue to use us As a success jump point, and I think that's why they're getting the Avengers thing now because of the success of, what, over 12 years of Kingdom Hearts DS, and uh, I I just don't think they care about the money from that standpoint. They're just keeping it so their name is relevant
0: within other platforms, because
1: I feel like Square is benefiting way greater from the video game than Marvel is, comparably to what their other properties are that bring them money.
3: I agree in the standpoint, but I do think Disney cares because Kingdom Hearts, like, it's not making small change. That game is making a lot of money. And if you're Disney, you're just like, I like money. And I, it doesn't matter that, like, it, it's small potatoes to, like, what I could make by just putting out a Lion King movie, but it's still money. And I think they yep. like making a lot of money in all arenas that they could possibly make it in it.
1: I'm not arguing that well, in the same so, Kingdom Hearts I think is very niche. That's a very it niche is. audience. It's Die Hard, but it's very niche.
3: And it's huge. It's huge. It's not just like, I will only like a few people. Like, like no, it's not like Spawn. Like, Spawn, it's like maybe
1: it's huge 2% for a video percent game. of the
3: people really like it. it. Yes, it's huge for a video game. That's what I'm saying. And I think that if, if you're Disney, it's like it, it's bringing me a lot of money. Like, it could just be a small amount of people that love this game, but those small amount of people are all buying it. They're buying anything that comes with it. Um, it, it. They have such a huge fan base for that game. So I don't think it's necessarily small potatoes. Um, that game I just think is, it's more of a relationship it, it's, it's issue
1: in, in terms of, like, finance. Just because, like, you'll get more randos to see a movie <laughs> just because that's what tickets are available and it's kid-friendly, as opposed to a random person buying Kingdom Hearts 3 who's never played the franchise.
2: Right. And I won't stop from three. If you're one of those people, you know.
3: <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I'm just saying, I think now in 2019, the conversation would go a lot better than it would have 20 years, ten, even 10 years ago. Um, I, I don't think it would necessarily be as open and shut um, as it would have been before. But uh, but let's move on. We got some news coming out of the Black Widow movie that no one asked for. Uh, apparently, David Harbour and Rachel Wise, uh are both signed on to play characters in this film uh joel i'll start off with you
2: uh what are your thoughts on the two castings of of these two actors well they got two really good actors (laughs) that's that's a good point uh but we don't know who they are yet you know i was excited to hear that they're in the movie i just i would be more excited uh once i find out who they're playing like if you start telling me david harvard's fucking taskmaster i'm in (laughs) <laughs> like, you don't have to tell me much more. i mean, uh So we got to, I'll be more excited once I find out who they're playing and, and the story for Black Widow. And I don't know much about it aside from Black Widow being in the movie. So I just, you know, it's it's, it's nice. They're the good actors, but it's not super exciting. But I just, it's just it's empty. It's like we need more information.
3: If I had to take a guess, I'm going to assume David Harbour's character is the one that uh is the the head of the organization that made Black Widow and if I had to also take a guess Rachel Wise would be the teacher that trained the girls in the program. So I'm just taking right. a shot in the dark. That's what I'm putting my money on. Well, not, those, are not, those are not terrible
2: be, guesses. <laughs>
3: if anyone's gonna be Taskmaster, it's probably the black guy that we speculated that got casted uh
2: before. He well, he seems well, like that's, that's the, the thing. We don't know now if that they just went and casted David Harbour instead. <laughs> the black? Cause we no, did, I mean he, they it was never official yet.
3: You know what I mean? They could have. The only reason why I assumed he was going to be Taskmaster if anyone was, is because this movie primarily will probably take place a lot of it in Russia. I don't really think there's many black people in Russia, so I thought that was the one outlier that was like maybe he's like an American spy that was sent over there, um, and he is Taskmaster, and his abilities is why they sent him over there to kind of see what was going on with this program. So that was the yeah, biggest reason know. why I thought he was Taskmaster, um, right. because it was the one outlier. <laughs> it was the one cast that didn't make sense about a movie that was taking place in Russia. Um, so that was where my mind immediately went. But if they made David Harbour Taskmaster, I wouldn't have any issue with that. It would probably right. make more sense than, than my thought. But my thought is more on the, on the lines of, you know in the middle like in the middle if you could assume a role david harbor was taking cuz again we don't know that Taskmaster is in this movie that was an right, assumption I mean, no one's ever said that
2: right.
1: so, he
3: hope everyone was hoping <laughs> right if i'm going more logically i would say logically i would assume he would probably just be the guy that's ahead that's the head of the uh the program um but dave i'm going to go to you what are your thoughts on the uh, the two castings of well not castings the two signings of Rachel Wise
1: in David Harbour uh, yeah I mean I really don't have any opinion on the actors themselves but I thought I read that Taskmaster was the rumored antagonist for the film
0: so Word. I mean
1: yeah yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm way more into the idea of Taskmaster being in the movie if they actually treat Taskmaster the way he's supposed to be treated and not some, like, mm-hmm. joke springboard like he is in the comics more recently.
2: Mm-hmm. He's a
1: very think- formidable character, and I feel like they've just been shitting on him for the past five years on Marvel's comics.
3: Well, the, the biggest More. thing is the, the reason why the rumor had gained any traction is because Black Widow is one of those characters, like Cyborg, doesn't really have a specific villain that catered to just her. Um, she's usually always in the comic part of some kind of team-up, whether it's her with S.H.I.E.L.D., her with Hawkeye, her with the Avengers. Um, so she never really had her own villain. So Taskmaster would make the most sense. He's not necessarily super-powered, um, and he's just a guy that could see what you do and then mirror that. Um, and, you know, it'd be someone that's just really hard for her to take down. So he's just the most logical villain to go with. But by no means did this come from any major trade or any, like, credible source that that was what they were looking to do for a villain. It just made the most Money. sense. Um, so it, it's not totally. necessarily a rumor that has anything concrete behind it. It was just most. It was just mainly from like people like us that was like, "Yo, Taskmaster would be awesome," and then like somebody that has like a website ran with it, and then it got out, and then, you know, like Joe knows is stupid. We got this covered, and places like that that take things like that and make it headlines that has no credibility. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I I would hope that Kevin Feige wouldn't take another um, very famous villain and do harm to it, like he did with Mandarin. Um, I, I think if you do bring in Taskmaster, it's to bring him in the right way, um, not to ruin the character. So I would hope they would lean more towards that. Um, but who knows? Like, God, who knows? Um, this movie just still doesn't make any sense to me. It was, it's just as confusing as it was when they said they were doing a cyborg movie. Just like, why? Like, why are you doing a cyborg movie, man? Like, what are you going to do it? Really? Are you going to bring Gizmo in? That's who's going to be the big villain? Gizmo?
1: Hell yeah.
2: So
3: who knows? Well, well, that
1: and the, the scary part with like them treating Taskmaster poorly, how they've done in the comics lately, is because I feel like every more recent Marvel movie since Guardians Volume 1, they all need the funny character in every movie to make a joke about everything. So I would hate to see them do that to Taskmaster, but it could easily be accomplished with that character.
3: Well, I, I'll say this. Outside of Guardians they didn't really have a specific villain. Um, the second one, not not the first one, the second one. Marvel's done a really great job with their, their villains. Um, even in the sense
1: of
2: Recon, the villains yeah. having well, I don't, recently, I don't right. mean
1: villains, I just mean like the, the slapstick nature of like every line's a joke with like the guardian oh, formula. Because no. like Ragnarok was Guardians with Thor. Every line was a joke, everything was funny. Mm-hmm. It was very I did, annoying. I
3: I can almost guarantee you that if they're doing a movie about how Natasha became the Black Widow, it's going to be more more towards Winter Soldier than it will be Guardian. I can almost guarantee you that. Um, like, the humor will be as humorous as she was in Winter Soldier, to where it was like, if you didn't, like, listen carefully, like, you missed the joke, like, I don't think any joke in Black Widow will be something that the entire audience is laughing about. Like, you'll hear, like, four adults maybe crack a joke. I mean, maybe, like, Crack a chuckle, but uh, I don't think it'll be comedy-driven. It'll be more so towards Winter Soldier than anything right. else. Yeah. Hopefully. Um. Even I would even make the uh, the argument that the first Iron Man wasn't overly comical. Uh, like you would think the second and third one were. It was a little bit more serious than uh, the other interpretations of Iron Man that you saw going
1: forward. Uh, oh yeah, but that was that, that was before Guardians. That was before Guardians of the Galaxy. But I mean, like, even if you look at Black Panther every line Shiri said was a joke. Like, sh- like there was, com- regardless of how, like, serious the film was, there was, like, that slapstick character that was completely unnecessary of dialogue.
2: Mm-hmm. a to laugh. It's
3: not about I was just laughing. Say, it's just, it,
1: like, there's no reason to write a character to make a joke every four minutes.
3: Well, her character wasn't to make a joke. Her character was the reason that they had the 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 idea of those those
2: cool suits and stuff.
3: Um, so she was more of the scientist. Um, she just happened to be funny. Um, it it wasn't like, it wasn't like Korg. She
2: wasn't Korg.
3: Like Korg was purely made just, just as comic relief. Um, she wasn't that. She just happened to be funny. Okoye had funny lines. Um, T'Challa had funny lines. So I'll say this. Guardian and Thor Ragnarok is really the only time Marvel has really gone out of their way to create characters just purely for the idea of it being comedy-driven. Um, mm-hmm. They don't usually do that. It's three movies. I could say that they've really done it. And I wouldn't even really count the first Guardians that. I'd say more so the second one and um, Thor Ragnarok. So it's not something that's become a formula for them is what I'm saying. So, But that not was like enough Tony to Stark's concerned. whole
1: part, though, in, in Doctor Strange, though, too. Every line that came out of his mouth was a joke. Yeah, comic like relief.
2: Strange. No, 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 no. I'm I'm confused. What, what were you saying, Dave? He didn't say start. Yeah, oh, or, okay. or, or
1: or what, what was that? Uh, Infinity War is that is that where they were together? I'm sorry, all those movies blur yeah. together yeah. for me.
2: Yeah, yeah. There you go. Infinity
1: War. Yeah, yep. they laughed together. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. There's there's better there's better writing than making everything like. Yeah, that yeah. I get it. Totally get it. Let's. Uh... <laughs>
3: Let's move on to our last topic. Netflix is bringing us a live action for Cowboy Bebop. We got John Cho mm. playing the main character. Oh my God! Mustafa Where's the mute button? Mustafa Shakir, Danielle Panita, and Alex Hassel uh, casted for mm-hmm. this live action. I will say this: everyone who thinks these live action adaptations are just pure trash, I just want to say this: they're they're kind of not. I kind of think we have become a society, when it comes to video games and uh, spoiled in anime.
2: bitches,
3: yes, yes, we need it to be directly like the source. And what's funny is this superhero world that the MCU has built never gives you any of the source material, and we've grown to love it. So Man, to I me, I don't it. need it from video game movies, I don't need it from anime, uh, turn live, live adaptations. I just need you to do right by the character. And I think Death Note was a surprise, uh, a surprising success. I thought Bleach wasn't horrible. I thought, um, uh, man, what was the Full Metal Alchemist? I thought, you know, could have been better, but okay. wasn't like the worst thing. I don't think what? we've had anything as horrible as Dragon Ball um, since no, we started doing okay. anime live Jesus action uh, movies. So to me, it's like this could be good. Let's relax. Let's wait till we see the trailer. And if we see the show or the movie and we still don't like it, no no problem. Everyone has their own their own preference. But to me, I don't think it's as bad as people are making it seem. Because some of these have been really good. I thought Death Note was really, really, really good. Um, but Joel, I'll start off with you. What are your thoughts on not only the castings, but just the idea that we're getting a live-action Cowboy Bebop?
2: I'm excited. I am. Uh, cause mainly because I think it lends itself to being adapted that way. It's not like like bleach. It's harder to, to adapt that. Like um Dragon Ball, One Piece. Anime like that, they're kind of ex- exaggerated. So it's hard to b- bring that to life. Mm-hmm. How Move up is a space. Um space it, it it's it's it, it lends itself to being adapted live action, I think it is possible to do it. I don't think it, it, they're real characters. They, they use guns. They fight. It's, it's not superpower-based. It, it, they bring it to a series. I think it is doable. That's why I, I'm excited to see what they can do with it. Because I do believe it's something possible to do. Will they pull it off? I don't know. I, I can't tell you haven't right. seen it yet, but um, just based on the fact that I think it's doable and I want to see what they do with it. And they cast some pretty interesting uh, actors to play certain characters that I liked from the anime that, that I remember because I haven't seen it in so long. I might have to go back and watch it again just to just so I can remember. <laughs> like, I remember the intro and I remember certain points in, in the show that I don't I'll remember 100%. But I do remember enjoying it. And so I, I really, really am looking forward to seeing how John Cho takes in Spike and how he pulls it off. I just want to see, I love seeing... Characters I grew up with uh, brought to life. I always have. I've never, i I've, it's just always intrigued me. And if they pull it off, or they didn't pull off Goku, <laughs> I'll be very happy. You know, I just want to see something different. And if they can pull it off, I'll be very happy. Yeah,
3: I mean, I kind of feel like you Yu hockey Show, Try gun The Big O, like more of the realistic uh, franchises that you can take on. Um, Anyasha, like I feel like you could do those. Like to me, Bleach worked. I mean, should it have been maybe uh, a, a movie that was backed by like a, an actual studio that you could have pumped more money into it? Sure. Um, but for what you did, I thought it was cool. But to me, it's no. like as long as you as long as you're not telling me you're trying to give me Gundam on Netflix, I, I'm cool. I'm I'm completely cool. Um right. Yeah, so to me, there's a there's few animes that you could pull off under Netflix, and it would work. I, I think Trigun should be one that they look to do next. Um, and, Joel, you know how desperately I want the big O. I, I need I the big O. I know, you're upset. <laughs> so I need this to be good so we could have a future for the big O. Um, but, Dave, I kind of already
1: feel like I know where you're leaning. <laughs> But we could move on. To <laughs> on <the school laughs> well, before I get into my opinion, you know who I think would do a really good job with the big O? Who's that? Del Toro and the same editing crew that did Pacific Rim. Hell yeah, they would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. I
3: agree with you. I agree with you. I, I completely that. That'd agree. That'd be great. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm I think Del Toro that. has the say... dark
1: the dark mind for it and uh could capture that. Not that I think but with that being said, I don't think any anime as iconic as Big O or Cowboy Bebop needs a live adaptation. I think it's completely unnecessary and it saturates the actual IP itself. And it gets a bunch of, I mean, you said it before, money talks, but as an artist and as a creator, I hate seeing property so oversaturated for a dollar sign to where it then just gets whittled to, you know, what Harley Quinn has become such an iconic character to now, she is the girl, the go-to girl cosplay. To me, it's a—it's—it's yeah. uh, it's lackluster for me. I don't, I don't think the casting's bad. I don't think it's great. I don't know what any of the show looks like, so there's not really much to be said about it, other than the fact that that show is a, a timeless anime that has, you know, can be watched by any generation of people that have mm-hmm. gotten into anime and still be enjoyed. And the story is short, concise, and collected yeah. in, in such a fashion that most animes don't do in today's current climate of what is being put out in the anime field, or manga for that matter. And I just don't think that it's necessary for it to be an adaptation. Re-release it in an artistic edition and put the money into an oversized book and make it an American release with the Japanese release so that it could be spread to an Eastern market. I just don't think it's necessary for the live adaptation and all that money to go into it when the artist is really getting pennies on the dollar of what the actual, like what, what it's actually making from the creator standpoint.
3: I'll say this. The reason why I enjoy video game movies
1: being made and anime movies being made um,
3: is because I think the newer generations who I think we all can agree don't read the manga um, don't necessarily feel the need to go back and watch the old shows. Um, it kind of kind of puts them onto it. I mean, we've seen it with superhero movies. We've seen it with. I mm-hmm. know right after Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I immediately was like, I read some of their comics, but now I want to go back and see like, were there any like really cool issues that maybe they could adapt? So to me, it does sometimes. I won't say all the time. It sometimes creates intrigue. So if you're telling me that someone watches Cowboy uh, Bebop, the series on Netflix. And you're like, wait, hold on, this was an anime? Let me go see what this anime was about. That, that's helpful. It, it is somewhat helpful. So to me, if you can create intrigue enough for people to want to go back to see the source, to see where it came from, there's honestly nothing, nothing wrong with that. And if this new generation, if their iteration of Cowboy Bebop is from this series, every generation is meant to have something. Like we're making a live-action Lion King movie. So a lot of this newer generation that maybe didn't see the animated one now, The Lion King to them is that live action movie. So maybe they, did, Which they is, didn't go back to the animated one.
1: So no, so no it's not just, that at all.
2: So it's you, not support that. Has their own
1: thing. you support a back no, to the future? No, no, no,
2: necessarily. But why? The, no, the why? new generation
1: needs it though. This, this is oh, no, the no, problem. With, me. That's, but that's the problem is that yeah, these things come out and then it doesn't become a gateway into that an alternative medium, it becomes a crutch of like, well, now I don't need to read it because they're going to keep making films because this was successful. Or yeah, but they're not going don't, to actually go and buy the DVD set. They're like, oh, this is on Netflix. Okay. I'm just going to go stream the anime instead of supporting it by buying the box set.
3: We don't necessarily you know, know that though. And if we go, if we go from, yeah, well, logic, you can, right? you can
1: judge that the percentage that's actually going to go and invest in the actual proper, the actual original medium is minute to the, to the percentage that's just going to continue to wait for season two
3: right but if we go if we go by your logic stuff like like harry potter that no. people were obsessed with we would not
2: be a happy society in digs no we wouldn't because we no would one would want, want to
3: <laughs> no one would want to go back to to read the book so it's like that that franchise that we thought we, we held so dear to and we love it would die off so quickly because the next generation isn't rushing to go read that book they're not rushing to go watch that show. So if their version of it happens to be a live-action show or a live-action movie, that's what they have. Um, yeah. Like, to me, when they said they were redoing Jumanji, I'm just like, but why? The first one was fine. Like, this doesn't need it. And someone said something, someone made it known to me, like, dude, like, the children, like, this is their Jumanji. You don't necessarily need it, but, I mean, okay, cool. Like, the kids should be able to enjoy Jumanji the same way we did. Um, you know, so if that means a newer version of it, seeing Kevin Hart in it or The Rock in it, if that's what makes them excited about Jumanji, by all means, go ahead. Like sure. Alright. It doesn't it doesn't rob me of the, the animated series or rob me of the manga. It's still it's I still cherish it. Um, but now I might have something else to cherish in this live action show. So I get what you're saying. It's not helpful to the the manga, the, the guys who actually did the artwork or who actually wrote the originals and stuff like that, because they barely probably will get anything from it. But to me, it's like I'm thinking more so of the consumer. So it's like if you have this, and Cowboy Bebop to you now is this live action, no problem. I mean, <laughs> no problem. But I'll never argue that we need anything. We don't need anything that we've been getting. Uh, we don't need the Joker solo. <laughs> we don't need. Uh, we didn't need a Guardians. Like, a lot we of things you of don't that. need. We don't need it, but it's cool to have it. It, it, It's cool. Honestly, I don't need a Jaime Blue Beetle, but if you're telling me I'm getting it, I'm I'm looking (laughs) forward to it. Cool. I want to see what it looks like. So that's that's where I stand. But I I do want to say I do understand from a more creator standpoint where you're coming from, uh, Dave, is that it doesn't do any justice to those guys who put all the blood, sweat, and tears into it, um, who probably won't even get – not only will will they not get recognition – um, they probably won't get any kind of praise or anything like that. Um, but you yeah, know, I mean, it's, it's even even especially credit.
1: with a with an IP like the Big O, that was that was such a barely successful manga, and it was even just slightly above a barely successful anime that it was cut short by four yeah, was. episodes was so and, and and a third season. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, as as a fan of that IP, like it would just suck so badly to see a A adaptation to cash in on it, to cash in on a big robot trend. And, you know, it's just, it's a, to me, again, like you said, you understand my point, but like to me as an artist and a creator, it's just upsetting to see these things like just turn in. And that's one of my biggest complaints with uh, Miller is him turning every goddamn thing that he like writes into a movie. Like that's not, that's not what comics are for. Comics were written to be comics. They're not written to be scripts for movies or pitches. And I think that's why yeah, a lot of the, his books have, I think that's why a lot of his books have sucked lately.
3: Yeah, but the unfortunate the unfortunate thing about what you're saying is, remember in the '90s how like no one was really buying comics, which is why they had to do animated shows, TV shows, and movies. We're we're in that same time. I'm not saying no one does because obviously a lot who was of people saying that in the '90s because
1: '90s was the most successful time for comics.
3: 90s is when Stan Lee was trying to shop out um, uh, his his characters to to make um, these movies and shows because they. Weren't that's not because comics were successful. Well.
1: That was because of Marvel's contract with its artists and creators, which has now changed. That was before he was getting royalties on everything.
3: It has. That but you could even say right now that this new generation is more likely to watch the movie than they are to pick up a book and read the comics. That's why. No, it's that's one hundred percent
2: true. That's why it's so funny
3: when people complain about it's not accurate enough. And then you ask them, like, all right, well, what accuracy are you looking for them to nail? Well, I don't really know. Like, I saw a picture once. Like, all right, so then, like, you're complaining about nothing. Like, you didn't read the comics. You didn't watch any of the original content. You're just complaining to complain. So, to me, it's like this new generation has no interest in reading. They have none, absolutely none. So, if you're telling me the Big O can get its proper justice, that I didn't think it necessarily got with its animated show in a live-action movie by Guillermo del Toro or by um, J.J. Abrams, yes, please do it. This new generation needs that before all this Transformers world and stuff was built. Like, um, Big O was successful. Like, Big O was like Batman meets Transformers. Like Not Transformers, I'm sorry. Um, Gundam. Like, it was really, really, really fun to watch. Um, And if I could... Put this new generation up to uh up on something like that. I would love to do it. You, uh, you, yeah, I'll never really talked about that much.
1: I, I know, love you, I guess. I guess I guess that's the the, the evil the evil spiritness in mind is they don't deserve it. Then like I know if that's how
2: you fair. Too. I'm just saying. I I as a person growing up, always wanted to see like my comics come to life. I'm living yeah. that now. Like all of the movies I'm watching, they're coming to life in a different or adapted to fit the screen. But it, I think it can be done with anime as well. I don't think it's 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 just adaptation. It's not, it's not it's it's appreciating what came before. Now, if you do it and don't give a fuck about what came before, it, that's different. That's why Dragon Correct. Ball, whatever the fuck that was, is bullshit. Evolution was crap. Why? But that's think, that's I'm the biggest big issue fuck. with.
1: That's the biggest not, issue with uh, Western the studios is they don't they don't respect. Yeah, the there's a. I agree. I can name five movies off the top of my head that are manga adaptations that are great, but they're all mm-hmm. from Eastern studios. Right. Western right. studios are shit. If I wanted to watch Final Destination, with a demon involved, I'll go watch the Netflix Death Note. I don't want to watch right. Death Note on Netflix to watch to learn what Death Note is because it sucked. It was a, a cheap, cheap, cheap. Hey, Shoe version, that actual medium was, especially in story. Above and beyond the, the shitty uh, Final Destination deaths that they had all through it, which were silly in my aspect from watching it. Right, and it's, I, I, it's just like, I mean, and it's the same thing. Like, the Ghost in Shell movie got approval from its actual mm-hmm. manga creator, and they still shat all over it with just making it a popcorn film. That movie is, and the, and the scariest thing, which hopefully with the failure of that movie will get continuously get pushed back, is every year the talk of them adapting Akira to a live yeah, adaptation. That, it's just like that's please do not and do more like that. Likely. Why would you? Why would you ruin? Why would you ruin one of the most, if not the most timeless it's not manga? It is ruining it. It, it is, is ruining it's not it. Ruining how to me? How to because me, people? Ruining, how, yeah. What do you think? What do you think – the majority is not going and reading the source material. The majority is leaving the theaters or shutting off their computer with their opinion of that adaptation and that adaptation alone. But the minority
3: – That's The minority, that's it fine, the minority that – But t- huh? time out, Dave. Like, th- that's completely fine because I was up to movie thinking that was the actual X-Men. Like, to me, it was fine how they did it. But it's like if you read the, the comics or you, you watched the original – um, and animated cartoon for the X-Men, like, that movie just never felt like the X-Men. Like, it was the equivalent to how people feel Snyder did Superman, to where it was like, that's not really how you do Superman. I didn't really think, um, what's his name? Can't think of the director that's, like, blackballed now because of, like, his, his pending case that's going against him. I didn't think he really, truly understood the X-Men. I didn't. I felt the fact that they didn't have any bright colors, the fact that none of them were their actual height or anything like that. Like, to me, people leaving that and going, that's my X-Men. That's your interpretation. That's what art is. Art is to, uh, to be interpreted. So it's like, if you think this is Death Note, more power to you. Just know you're missing out by not going back and watching the show or reading the manga. Just know that. Like, you have other mediums you can go to. If you choose not to, alright, cool. Like, you don't necessarily have to. Like, this generation yeah. might think Chris Hemsworth's Men in Black is the best Men in Black. I would tell you, you should probably go watch the first one. But if you think that you don't need to, you're okay with that being your men in black. By all means, you're more than welcome to. It's your interpretation. I just think, to me, we get sometimes so, so built up on stuff that we love, that we don't necessarily want to be uh, tarnished, um, that we assume that it's going to be tarnished. Let's just wait and see. Like I said, if you see it, and then you're like, I hated this. No problem.
1: Like, absolutely no problem. I just want you to give it a chance. <laughs> give it a chance is what I'm saying. I, I, I make sure I watch everything so I can roast it properly. But I'm just exhausted from roasting everything. Like, do something fresh. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't point, get uh, a chance to speak on the, the Alien thing. I thought Alien Covenant was one of the smartest sci-fi movie that that had an... Let me finish my statement. That has an extended universe within the last 10 years. It took the whole idea, the whole premise or point of that movie was to make you see that what they thought was alien this entire time, what viewers saw for the past 20 plus years as alien was actually man-made. That's the whole point of that movie, which is such a great, like, classic science fiction twist. Well, I, I'll tell you this, Dave. And, and, like, and I people almost... were just like, but it's not but it's not Alien, or it was too much like aliens. It was boring.
2: That was my issue. It was just not it wasn't,
1: presented in a entertaining... – Because it was a science fiction film. It wasn't an action <laughs> was film. Like, and bro, everyone was bro, like – everyone came out of Prometheus, and they were like, but we want Aliens. We want Aliens. So they gave them the action sequences like in Covenant, and then people complained that it was too much like Aliens when it came out. And it's just like, well – you know you can go screw yourself because you're not fans of the actual IP anyway and it's unfortunate uh-huh. when they actually do give things to true fans that love the franchise in all mediums that the mass majority don't like it they don't get to go through or go forward with their vision and that's going to be really unfortunate if Ripley doesn't get to do or Ridley doesn't get to do his finished vision with well, there's Prometheus 2, and then there's another Alien line timeline. go. Well,
3: I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Dave. We definitely have to have you on an episode of Geeks Against the Green, because I think uh, it would make for great entertainment for us to I definitely would not debate a lot of
0: these movies.
3: <laughs> uh, no, I, I 100% look forward to doing it, because I, I want to talk more about Alien Covenant, because I had so many issues about it. But I don't want to get into it now, because I want to make sure you have enough time to, to plug yourself. So I want you to go ahead now and, and uh, pretty much just go ahead and shoot yourself a, a plug right now.
1: Okay, yeah, so for anybody listening, my name is Dave DeForn. Uh, I'm an artist, writer, creator. Currently I have uh, my graphic novel, Fishtown, Volume 1, A Hairy Situation, on Indiegogo. And that's basically a deep, deep cut uh, to any hardcore comic nerd. From the mid-80s to early 2000s, uh, it's a poke at superheroes. It's a necessary injection into what the superhero genre is missing currently on shelves. And just to give you some examples of how off-the-wall and zany it is, the main character has Cyclops' visor as a chess piece, and she has laser boots. Uh, there's, there's characters with shape-shifting beards. There's Magical unicorns. First main villain is a cat that has, like, a Starscream rocket and cannons on its paws. Uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of kicks. Like, one of the bits I do is the whole white eye thing of the 90s, how a lot of the artists never drew pupils in their character's eyes. And the main character questions that when she gets to the headquarters of the new team that she joins. And they're like, oh, no, these are just contacts. We wear them when we go in the field. So there's a lot of, like, little cuts like that that if you're a true comic book fan, you can truly appreciate. It's uh, rounding out at about 60 pages, and depending on how far we get with the campaign, uh, the book itself, with additional material, probably end up being roughly around 100 to about 116 pages. Uh, You can find me at Instagram at the underscore scaredy underscore cat and mm-hmm. there's actually a secret link both on my twitter which is scaredy x cat uh and my instagram for the secret link or secret perk rather for the graphic novel where you actually get a discounted price on the book
3: yeah we'll make so, yeah sure i we mean definitely be- we'll make sure we promote you on instagram and twitter um I know, I'm I'm definitely excited. Joel was telling
2: me a little bit about it. I'm definitely excited to check it out. I we'll actually have sure one of the comics. It. I have one of them. I don't remember which one it was, but he gave me one of them. Wow, a long time ago. <laughs> but I have one of his, <laughs> his earlier uh, adaptations. I think it was a one-off. But, oh, uh, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting comic. Um, don't let his hot takes bother you. His comics are actually good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just not the same you know, old it's,
1: thing. It's a, it's a new idea. Some people aren't right, familiar yeah. with that these days, or as, as you say, the right. new generation isn't familiar with a new idea.
2: Right, there's some interesting work in there, so you definitely should check it out.
1: And even if you don't like definitely. my story, my uh, artwork is top notch. If you're fans of like Frank Cho or Steve McNiven or yeah. high detail people like that, so I would agree. Yeah. Well, I'll I'd,
3: I'd make sure. Remind me to check it out, Joel, when I come um, when I come next Friday.
1: Yeah, I
2: have it. So I have it here. There's a lot of yeah. look at it. But I will say,
3: Dave, your takes were awesome. Um, before before Thank I you. close out the show, <laughs> I do want to know really quickly because um, you came in kind of after we uh, we had already kind of talked about it. Um, just very quickly, your thoughts on the um, the in game trailer that we got when the tickets were released, and then your thoughts on the Joker trailer.
1: Uh, I'll be honest. I have not seen the Endgame trailer because I I'll just probably turn it that movie when it drops on my pirate site. But the Joker oh trailer, God. that the Joker trailer, that <laughs> looks awesome. That I, I might done. actually financially support in theaters. So I'm, I'm, the I'm a big is- fan of Joaquin, I'm a big fan of Joaquin Phoenix, uh, regardless of whether it's comic book related or not. Uh, I am a diehard fan for method actors. And I think he is one of the best of my generation. Um, yep. So regardless of what yep. he's doing, I'm going to check out what mm-hmm. he's doing, and when it's you know when it hits big screens. So hopefully, yeah, you know, cause... this will be better than a. If I'll I'll end this on a very spicy note. Hopefully, this will be a better rendition of Heath Ledger's Joker. So. Oh my God, Dave! Mm-hmm.
2: I love you.
3: That's exactly what I said. I said it. It, it looks like it's the version of Joker we should have gotten from Heath Ledger. <laughs> um, that's exactly what I said. Exactly what I said. Uh, God, I wish we had more time to talk about that. Uh, God, I'm
2: very say, happy we're done with this conversation. I will do you, you know how many times um, I've
1: argued with Joel at work about the Heath Ledger Joker?
2: Yeah,
3: I'm okay, done. I, listen, listen, the three of us need to have a, a sit-down conversation about no, that so Joel I'm can good. realize that he's wrong. Uh, but no, <laughs> no, I did want to say really quickly. Not wrong. Um I do want to say really quickly, I've been hearing this a lot on the news, and the news always makes this mistake, and I think a lot of people do. Um, There is a difference between a superhero movie and a comic book film. Um, And sometimes people forget that. Uh, I heard on the news when they were talking about the Joker trailer, they were like, in Warner Brothers' new superhero uh, movie. I'm like, no, there are no superpowers in this movie. It's just a movie about a comic book. It's a comic book film. Um, It's like Watchmen.
2: Specific (laughs) characters.
3: Right, right. So, calling it a superhero film, please stop. That's how we won't get it nominated for an Oscar. Stop using that term. Just call it a (laughs) comic book film. Um, Please stop calling it that. Um, But, Dave, I want to thank you so much for joining us. You definitely have to come on
1: more often. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Let me know so I'm not on.
2: (laughs) Shut up, (laughs) Joelle.
3: Um, (laughs) We definitely have to have you on more. Uh, Joel, thank you. Huge shout-out to Kane and Nick and Dane, who couldn't be on, but they will next week. And, everyone, Mm -hmm. next week is Game of Thrones week. So it's going to be a lot of fun trying to maneuver around that. Uh, But stay tuned, and we will see you guys same time, same place next week.
1: Peace. Peace. Adios.